Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I asked him, why were you crying? He said, man, for you, for you. He has the biggest heart. This is a good day. It's taken me nearly two hours to get from Douglas to Blackpool. If you walk past your streets, there are people in doorways and they're shouting at you, fighting with each other over their tree. Join the conversation. Call 0818 Nine days to Christmas, or nine shows left to Christmas. It's two weeks. Two weeks today is Stephen's Day, lads. <laughs> They'll be over now in two weeks. Thanks be to God. I hate those people. I always hate them. Anyway, two, nine shows left uh, before we break up for the Christmas. And we had such crack with this yesterday. And we have it every day this week. Our great friends, the Everyman Panto, Beauty and the Beast, are with us for the whole week and we need audience participation this only works with audience participation so yesterday we had some fun with why Cork is the best place ever to spend Christmas let us see what we can do today 083 396 96 96 the tradition you would never drop from 8 to 80 you learnt it as a child and I don't care what age you are now you pass it on to your own children. The one thing that you must do. It's not Christmas until you've done this. It's not Christmas until you've seen this thing. It's not Christmas until you've been to this place. It's just not Christmas until this is done. It can be as cork as they come or as ordinary as they come, as you as they come. Like <laughs> something as simple as sitting down on Christmas Eve with, with a cup of tea and a slice of Christmas cake with everybody in the house before the kids go to bed. Something that is your favourite Christmas tradition. It isn't Christmas until this happens. It isn't Christmas until you hear this song. It isn't Christmas until you see this ad. It isn't Christmas until you do this. Whatever it is. I don't care what it is. It isn't Christmas until you take all your clothes off and run down Barrick Street singing White Christmas. I don't care. Whichever, whichever it happens to be. 083 396 96 96. It isn't Christmas until your favourite tradition, the tradition you would never leave out. The tradition you learnt when you were a chiseler 
and you now do with your own kids or your own grandchildren. It isn't Christmas until. 083 396 96 96. Give me, you gave me great stuff yesterday. And today, as well as sending two families to the Panto, we will send you to Isaac's for dinner before that. Isaac's on McCurtain Street first for dinner, and then the Panto, Beauty and the Beast after that on Friday 29th December. Friday 29th December, two families will get two passes for the Panto and dinner at Isaac's before that. It isn't Christmas until a tradition you could never, ever, ever not do. 083 396 96 96. Now this is a huge talking point. We've all known forever, I think, that the stay-at-home parent, mammy or daddy, whoever it happens to be, the stay-at-home parent, you couldn't pay them. You just could not pay them. The stay-at-home parent. Well, someone has sat down and done a calculation that if we were to pay them, here's what we'd be paying them. A company called Royal London Ireland. They are an insurance company and investment experts. And first of all, they asked people, what would you think it would cost? And people came up with 30,000 euro, 31,000 euro, 30, 29. 55 grand is what it would cost to pay the average stay-at-home parent if you were to have a salary, an appropriate salary for the stay-at-home parent. 55 grand a year. The under most people underestimated it by twenty four thousand. They said thirty thousand, thirty one thousand, twenty five thousand, thirty five thousand, fifty five grand is what. And bear in mind, insurance companies are usually staffed by actuaries, and actuaries are people who got an A in maths in their leaving cert. That's how you know an actuary. You got an A in maths in his or her leaving cert. So they kind of know this stuff. Jen Hogan. Irish Times journalist and mum of seven, fifty-five grand a year. I'd say it wouldn't knock even knock a scratch off it. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. It would not, because when you think about it, I mean, a lot of these figures are based on the kind of luxurious forty-hour jobs. You know those handy numbers where you only have to work forty hours a week. This is twenty-four-seven, and uh, so fifty-five thousand euro. You could not even close. But it would be a start. It would be a start. At the moment, stay-at-home parents are earning nothing, nothing. And when you look at the huge work involved and the huge sacrifice involved too, because, you know, we're, we're, it is 90% of stay-at-home parents are women. So mm. that's, it, it's really, I suppose it's really contributing to the, the things like the gender pay gap, the things like um, that lack of independence that women have then, you know, once they get married, they're dependent on a partner income, we're taking, a, I suppose we're taking away choice a bit here because we're, we're getting better perhaps at recognising that childcare is this crippling issue in the country, both in terms of cost and availability. But what we're not doing is supporting those who make a choice to rear children themselves mm. yeah. and to, you know, take that time out of work. And I reckon, I reckon if we brought in a pay for stay-at-home parents, we might see a little bit, mo- a bit more equality. I think we might find a few more men are a little bit keen to, uh, to become stay-at-home parents then. But for the moment, they're quite happy for women to pick up the slack and do it for nothing. How would you fund it, though? Yeah, that's, I suppose that... Isn't it... It's, it's, it, it, we'd have to, again, going back, looking at, at uh, the sort of uh, value that we put on care and carers as a whole. I mean, beyond even, I suppose, stay-at-home parents, those who actually provide that service for the country and, and care 
for those for vulnerable people too. It, it goes back, I suppose, to taxes, doesn't it? And that's where we have the problem. Nobody wants to pay any more taxes, and that's that's the difficulty that we have there. But, but without that, we can't provide the services. And we do actually, I mean, this is kind of an uncomfortable truth because I know the world is burning and we're overpopulated, we say as well. But what we do have is we have um, a replacement rate that's too low. We don't have enough children coming up. We have an impending pension crisis. We're not going to have enough people working to care for us when we're mm-hmm. older. And we have to look at some way of uh, not only just valuing care as a home, but nearly providing a, a situation that people feel they do they can have children if they want to have children. Because again, back to choice here again. Mm. How's this for an idea? That if a parent stays home until the child is at full-time primary school, the other parent gets a whopping tax break. And I'm talking about a massive tax break. How would that, how would that be? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, at the start, it, it, it's... The, the difficulty, again, is that dependence, isn't it? It's back to the, the increased tax break is great because, obviously, since tax individualisation, we have that whole issue uh, around it being less um, beneficial for somebody to stay at home than before. If you had this, uh, the, the increased tax break, yes, it's great. Again, I suppose you always have that potential. Going back to the child benefit, even things like that, that where it's paid to the mom and it's paid to the mother on the ground that this is her income and this is something that she has, um, presuming, sorry, that's, that you have a moment in a relationship. That's for the children. It's for her children, that she has that income to take care of her children. Absolutely, for her mm. children. And if you pay the tax break and it's going to the partner and in 90% of the cases it will be to a man, it still can feel a little bit like that, um, okay. that independence is gone. But it's a start, it, like, mm. not ruling it out. It's, or, it's certainly... Or, or, or what about, Jen? Here's the thing. Most mothers nowadays, and I, and I would, okay, at the risk of being shot down before I even start, I'm saying, I would think, right? not by you, but somebody else. Most mothers nowadays, before they have their first child, have put in a few good years on the workforce. Mm, so let's, let's have an allowance. Yeah. Let's have an allowance based on their PRSI over those years. How's that one for you? Well, I suppose, again, we have the difficulty that even though we, we know statistics are showing us that women are having children later in life, that doesn't come without its own difficulties around fertility and around opportunities perhaps to have more than one child if they leave it too late. And then you have the likes of me, me who started in her early 20s and did, and came out of college and, and chose to start her family quite young and just didn't put in a good few hours at work. You know, I, um, I, I didn't mean that, by the way, as a put down, Jen. I'm just saying that, you know, oh, it's no, just... No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I suppose there is... But the likes of me then who has more than a socially acceptable number of children and <laughs> two or bits for the impending pension crisis. <laughs> That's totally my reason, you know. <laughs> but there's, but I suppose there will be people then who start their family in their 20s, which obstetricians will tell you and gynecologists say that's the optimum time to be starting your family anyway. And with college, and thankfully we have a situation where people are having those opportunities to have um, more, to have, to spend longer in education. And so, they don't maybe have that huge amount of time coming out of work to put in a huge number of years before they start family. Yes, that's what's happening now. But that's because people maybe make that choice. They want to establish themselves in their career. But also, the cost of living means there isn't that choice. You know, you have mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you have to earn quite a substantial amount of money to be able to afford, to be able to afford a mortgage, to be able to be comfortable enough if you might have to better work for a while or to be able to afford childcare if you do continue on work because it's crazy. Mm. It's... Everybody agrees, I think, Jen, 
that the, the stay-at-home mm. parent should have some money coming in the door, lending in their yeah. bank account. But isn't it true? Between the two of us, and I'm sure we'd throw it over to the floor, we can't figure out how to do it. No, we can't figure out. But you know what, TJ? And I'm sorry, here's my sweeping generalisation, but I believe this to be true about most things. If 90% of parents, stay-at-home parents, were male, we'd figure out how to do it pretty blooming quickly. We would work it out. <laughs> do you know why I asked you that? Because I knew that's why? what you say. We know each other <laughs> too well, Jen Hogan. <laughs> no, it's a good question. It's a good, come here to me. Do you leave out two painkillers for Santa for the broken back after he's down your <laughs> chimney for the 17 children? Well, it's the, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> the season of goodwill and all here. Take two Panadol there with your glass of milk and cookie. <laughs> Jen, have a wonderful Christmas. You too, PJ. Happy Take Christmas. Care. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's Jen Hogan, Irish Times journalist and mom of seven. So... Stay-at-home parents, they've done this calculation, this company, Royal London, Ireland, where most of the staff would have an A&Rs honours mats and they're leaving, which is a big thing, because to be an actuary, that's what you have to have. They figured that the salary, if we were to pay a salary to somebody who stayed home to mind their children, would be 55 grand a year. 55. Not 30, not 25, not 35. 55,000 a year would be a salary. And as Jen said, that doesn't even scratch the surface. That's a 40-hour-a-week salary. That's not the 24-7 weekends on call Christmas morning. Mammy! Right? That's not that. Right? So, two questions for you. Should parents get a wage for staying at home? And two, how would we pay for it? 081896. 96, 96. There's one for you now for this morning. The phrase, going to work for a rest, is as true a statement as you'll ever hear, says Kevin. (laughs) Of course they should be paid for staying at home. If they leave their job, someone else is employed. A mother is a cleaner, a cook and a doctor. So many roles rolled into one, says Kate. Sarah says, I think this would bring us back a hundred years. Really? Invariably, it would be 95% women who'd stay at home. The men's careers would go from strength to strength and the gender pay gap would get worse. Bad, bad idea, says Sarah. Okay, that's a take. That's a take. Throw it open to the floor. What do you think? Should stay-at-home parents be paid? How much? How would we do it? According to the experts, the people with the A and honours mats in the leaving, it should be €55,000 a year. Floor's open. 0818-969696. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas! With your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. The annual Briar Rose Charity Smartphone Quiz takes place on Thursday the 21st of December. The staff of the Briar Rose are once again holding a raffle and auction to raise funds for Good Shepherd Cork. For more info and to book your table at the Smartphone Quiz, visit thebriardouglas.com. And if you have an event you would like mentioned, email corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Yeah, let's have some fun with this one this morning. It's the second day of our great giveaway with the Everyman. Uh, the panto there, Beauty and the Beast. A traditional panto with a modern twist.
twist. Runs until Sunday, January 14th. And today we're taking two families. We'll give them a family pass. We'll send them to the Panto on the 29th of December. It's a Friday, 7 o'clock. You'll go along, you and the family. But before that, we'll feed you at Isaac's on McCourton Street. And they're with us all this week, the Everyman, in various different restaurants around town. Today it is Isaac's on McCourton Street, just across the road. You can fall over after the dinner into the Panto. It's not Christmas until. Decided to phrase the question that way. Right, your tradition, the tradition that you would never not do Christmas without. It's not Christmas until you've done this. Then it's Christmas. You know, there's always a moment. I'm trying to think myself here what mine is, but there's always a moment where you just go, yeah, yeah, now it's Christmas. There's always a moment, always one. What's yours? What's yours? 083-396-9696. We'll pick the best two at the end of the show and we'll send you along. But we'll read out loads of them as we go through the morning. It's not Christmas until we open number one on the advent calendar, says Laura in Clon. Actually, that's nearly Christmas Day, isn't it? Or is it Christmas Eve? That's got to be Christmas before that. <laughs> one thing we all love to do is do something special with our best friends Every Christmas, you know that couple of friends that it's it's not Christmas until you've had a little bit of a a night out or a an afternoon or lunch or whatever it is with 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 those friends. Now, Eleanor, you've had a bit of a disappointment to say the least in trying to set that up for yourself. Morning. Good morning. I had booked a nice treat for us for four four of us friends in a hotel in Cork City. And um, it was all fine, all booked bed, breakfast and evening meal. So only last night I decided I better book my place for my my uh, food. So when I rang, I was told that they were completely booked out and there was absolutely nothing they could do. Now, I Even though you had already booked evening meal as part of the package? Oh, yes. That's what I said. But I said to them, but I said, I have an evening meal booked. I said, surely, I said, there should be some option there for to be able to get it because I am already booked in. I'll be a client of you when we get there. So they said no, that it was fully booked out and then he then said to me, maybe around nine or half, but he couldn't guarantee me that either. (laughs) So I came off from him and I rang my friends and I said it to them. So we decided it was pointless to go just for um, bed and breakfast because it would be very difficult at this late stage for us to get a restaurant around the area. We wouldn't be in a position to be walking around town mm-hmm. in the evenings. We'd mm-hmm. be quite honest with you, we'd be too afraid. And tell me, when you were booking the package, mm-hmm. did they tell you that the dinner, the time for dinner needed to be booked in advance? No, they said nothing. They just, when I got my confirmation of it, it gave me the times that you could book. Mm-hmm. And when did, you, when did you book, by the way? I'd say about five weeks ago. I see. And in the confirmation email or whatever you got? Oh, I have a confirmation confirmation email, yeah. They recommended you book fact, it. I had to change the date. Mm. I had to book for next week, but due to circumstances, one of the ladies, we had to change it for this week. Okay. And there was no bother changing it, just, just a bit of extra money, but we didn't mind that because we were just so looking forward to it. I know. It was a nice treat for us. I know. I know, mm-hmm. old friends, Christmas time, Eight, not, oh nothing like God, it. Yes, we nothing are. Like yeah. it. And, yeah. and they just couldn't help, they, they, no. they said to you, 
well, the dinner is completely booked for that night, and you said, well, we've booked this as part of our package. I did. Yeah. I said all that. I said, I can't understand it. Like I said, I thought that you could have something, you know, a spare table for emergencies or something, but yeah. no, it was just, there was no way, it was no nothing. There was absolutely no way they were entertaining me. That's unfortunate. It was a lad at the bar I spoke to first, and then I rang, uh, the, uh, he gave me a number to ring, and I rang there, and I got onto a really very nice girl, and um, I thought she might be able to do something about the situation, but again, she could do absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's most unfortunate. I suppose, oh. Eleanor, if they're full, they're full. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought, like, you know, being, being, a, being a client, being in, staying in the hotels the night or so. So, anyway, that's it. No, that's our Christmas night out, boys. So, what are you going to do? Are you going to host it somewhere we else? We are. Or? We are indeed. I got onto a regular place where we go for, where we go every Christmas. Yeah. And I rang them and they offered me a slot in their bar part instead of the restaurant part. And we took that. Okay. But it won't be an overnighter. Right. You were saying that you'd be afraid now to come into town and walk the street. I would. I'd be very, very nervous. Like, with two of us out of the four of us, two of us have bad mobility. And if anything happened, we wouldn't be able to move quickly. It's just, I think town has gone so dangerous. Mm. And, you know, I'm just afraid even... I was in town yesterday morning and at the side of Penny's there, I was going to the mall to pick up picked up in a car by my husband and I actually started to go down the side street of Penny's and I came back up and I said oh my god that's very dreary looking mm. so back into Penny's again I went and went through Penny's and felt much safer it's just just what's happening in town I suppose yeah it's normal for me to mm. think this way do you yeah. know it's it's unfortunate that you do think that way but mm-hmm. yeah, if you in the course of the year just gone by Eleanor I've taken hundreds of calls from people who mm-hmm. are just afraid to go into town. And it's a terrible mm-hmm. pity because town is looking lovely for Christmas. It's gorgeous. Yep. I've been in, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, and what our plan was, where we were going to stay, it was very convenient to come out, book in kind of a bit early, and take a little walk around, yeah. just very close to the uh, hotel. And we were going to stop and we were going to have a drink. <sighs> and then we were going to go back and get ready into all our finery and head yeah. out for our night. Within well, the area of where we were staying, in the hotel we were staying. It's most unfortunate. I, I, it was unfortunately. It was. We yeah. were going mad. But what can we do? Possibly at the time you booked, they should have told you to be sure and uh-huh. book what time you'd uh-huh. like for dinner. Possibly they should. Uh-huh. And, and when they didn't, then you, know, you weren't to know. You yeah. Know. But you see, I think the booking, I think I've enough. You know, I don't think I was talking to anybody. It was all online. Yeah, could well have been. Eleanor, have a good night anyway with your friends when you do get I will indeed. I will indeed. And And have a lovely Christmas. You too. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, bye, Eleanor. Uh, That's disappointing. A lot of hotels, when you book something that close to Christmas, they'll send you an email to say, make sure to book your dinner in advance. Fanola's wondering, did she get one of those? She says she did all the booking online and paid for it all online. Um, And she... Her best recollection, I think, if I remember correctly what she said to me, her best recollection is no one recommended to her that she book in advance for the dinner. She thought, innocently, I suppose, as you would, that because they had booked a bed, breakfast and evening dinner package, that dinner would be pre-booked for them. Disappointing.
disappointing for Eleanor and her friends. 0818969696. Right, it isn't Christmas until we've gone to see Santa at Blarney. Since I was a little girl up to now, I have to keep the tradition going and bring my little boy to see Santa out at Blarney. No other place will do. It's such a lovely Christmas experience with the lights out at Blarney Woolen Mills in the evening and a Christmas drink in Christie's with family. That's from Sinead. Yep, then it's Christmas. I have a memory like that, Sinead. Do you remember Griffin's? Do you remember Griffin's Garden Centre of old? They used to do a Santa out there. Santa would come to Griffin's Garden Centre and uh, my boy loved going to Santa uh, at Griffin's Garden Centre and and Nanny Griffin and the crew out there. The love in our hearts as a family for them, they no longer have it now, but uh, they would have a six-foot grown man in for Santa and it was just so special. And that was the start of Christmas when... Himself, himself went to Santa at at Blarney Wood, or not? Sorry, Griffin's Garden Centre of old. Um, yeah, they're they're great. We have a new one now because he doesn't go to Santa anymore. Of course, like he's big enough to play for Munster at this stage. It isn't no, uh, it isn't Christmas until you're full to the neck with turkey and ham and a load of sweets. Says Christopher. That's about four o'clock Christmas Day, Christopher. But I get it, Rachel. It isn't Christmas until I've been to Santa with my husband and children and had the picture proudly displayed on the mantelpiece, along with all the others, says Rachel. Yeah, I saw someone did a lovely thing with this one time. They had a clatter of kids. They had three or four kids, all of different ages. What they did was, they got all the pictures. This is a lovely idea, an English idea, in an English house. They got a lovely idea. They took all the pictures of all the kids over the years, and they made a garland out of them which they put across the ceiling with all that. It was lovely. The kids were mortified because sure, the children were grown adults. Mammy, for God's sake, take that down. But they loved it. PJ, it would have to be visiting the crib in our beautiful cathedral. I was always brought there by my mother and take a little piece of straw for luck for the new year. Yes. Oh, that's cute. A little piece of straw for the new year. I brought my children and now my five grandsons. It's my tradition. I love doing it. I'd love to treat my grandsons. What a treat. Jar in Cove. That's a lovely one. Love to go into town, look at the lights, browse around a few shops, and then a bit of grub in Scoozies. Um, the English market for the spice beef. Then it's Christmas, says Brian. Lee says it isn't Christmas until someone has a meltdown putting up the Christmas tree in time for the toy show. Well, that was last month. Yeah, it isn't Christmas until the holly bow is out, the fresh turkey is hanging up in the English market, the lights are up on Panna, and the share crib is all set up with the carol singers, says Angela. Yeah, there's a thing. That was one of my ones, the, the share crib. Now, it's not in the same place as it used to be, but you'll remember it used to be there by Father Matthew, the huge big share crib with the big, huge, high cross on it. Long gone now. There's a much smaller operation. It's still lovely. But I used to always think, and particularly driving in here, of a morning uh, back in the day, the morning that the star was on over the share crib, then it's Christmas. That, that's that's the, but that's what we're doing today. Two opportunities for you. Take your family to the Panto at the Everyman on the 29th of December to go to see Beauty and the Beast. And before it, we'll feed you at Isaac's on McCurtain Street. It isn't Christmas until... Your, the, the Christmas tradition you would never leave out. Not in your wildest dreams would you leave it out. If you were doing Christmas on the moon, you would still do this.
It's not Christmas until. Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. There must be a hundred versions of that song. I came across one the other night by a brass band. I know, sad person, me, browsing Christmas music from all different types and genres. And I came across a brass band version of rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, if you want to find it, actually, I have... Look, this is a selfish personal plug. I have a Spotify playlist called PJ's Christmas Selection Box. You'll find it. There's about 600 tunes in it. All different versions of different songs in it. It's just a kind of a labour of love for me if you want to spend some time looking at that. For the crack, like. 0818 96 96 96 on safety for visitors to Cork. And part of Eleanor's call a while ago, she said that the big problem with coming to town with her friends and where they had booked was so central and they didn't have to leave the hotel and that was the whole buzz of their night. They might pop across the road for a drink in the earlier part of the day but they were back to the hotel and they would stay in the hotel because of the location because they didn't feel safe walking around which is sad. Um, Kate says, could they have a tourist guide take people around for hotel guests to give them a sense of security? During the winter, I see your point. But it's sad to hear people telling us, and they do, and I can tell you, Eleanor isn't the first, telling us that they're not coming into Christmas or into town this Christmas, especially in the evening time, because they feel the place is dangerous. And as I made the point to Eleanor, the city's gorgeous. It looks lovely at night and looks really colourful over by Don Square, down by electric up by the big wheel as it always does but Emmet Place is stunning lads Emmet Place is gorgeous uh, for Christmas the solace project that they've done in there talking earlier with um, Jen Hogan about stay home parents this bunch of experts at Royal London Ireland the insurance company have said that 55,000 euro would be the approximate salary they should be paid to a stay-at-home parent if we could do it. Ashley's in Mogili and says, what about full-time carers? They stay at home. They look after sick, vulnerable children 24-7. The money they get is pitiful. Parents should definitely get a wage for staying at home, says Ashley in Mogili. Thank you, Ashley. And Billy's come to us about Ryanair vouchers or Ryanair gift cards. A lot of companies are doing this now. It's something to do with Electronic money, as these cards are, having different T's and C's to a gift voucher. Billy, I was trying to buy vouchers for Ryanair, because vouchers are valid for five years. Now they just use gift cards, which are valid only for 12 months. Check the fine print. We came across that during the year, actually. So, gift cards, and you know the way, I don't know why this is, by the way, because the money is still the money. You've still paid the money. Gift cards tend to lose their, or do lose their value or start losing their value after 12 months. And they tick away down. Whereas a gift voucher, now by law, must hold its value for five years. But Billy is saying here that Ryanair are now only selling gift cards, which are valid for only 12 months, and suggests that we check the fine print. 0818969696. Nobody has ever been able to answer me that question, by the way. If I pay a hundred euro for a voucher, that voucher lasts five years. If I pay a hundred quid for a gift card, that gift card starts to deteriorate in value after twelve months. Why? 
Why? My hundred quid is still my hundred quid. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yes, it's a sore point. I Listen to your favourite shows on the go. Download the Corks 96 FM app. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96 FM. Should have mentioned there after the song, by the way, if you want to give yourself a bit of a laugh today, all right, if you've got a few minutes to spare, go into TikTok, okay, and just look up when your pint is poured. This is a video that was made in a pub. I don't know where the pub is. I'm assuming it's Dublin by the accents, but I could be wrong. It's a barman pouring a pint of stout or singing about pouring a pint of stout to the tune of When a Child is Born. And it is the funniest thing I've seen this Christmas so far. It's brilliant. When your pint is poured, uh, you'll find it on, on TikTok. I've shared it on my socials. I may share it again later on. 0818 96 96, 96. Thank me afterwards. I promise you, you'll laugh. Now, Jane, you, you, you met a fella and you're a bit smitten, I think, and you want to find him again. Good morning. Hello there. Hi. Hi. This all happened in McCroom, was it? It did, in Lynch's Bakery. Yes, on the 30th of, of, uh, of November, so a couple of weeks ago. Tell me the story. Well, I... I was out and about doing errands. I picked up the Christmas tree, etc., etc. I popped into the bakery for some bread, and there was a chat going on. Not unusual, is it, in Ireland? I'd only been, you know, living in this area for the last couple of months. Yeah. And anyway, I was just waiting in a very English way, you know, for my turn to order my bread. And there was this man, and he was chatting, and he included me immediately. He seemed, you know, he seemed sort of taken aback when he saw me, included me immediately in the conversation. It was all about the history of McCroom, and, you know, it was interesting. Mm. So I was listening, and uh, anyway, I ordered my bread, and I said, well, I've got to go, because I'm teaching. I'm, a, I'm an English tutor. I work online. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I'd, I headed out, and I said, I'm going to the health food shop. And he took my hand and said, I need to see the health food shop. Oh, so I, I thought he was by the hand, did in he? Ireland. He took me by the hand, yeah, and he was talking to me very intently. But I just thought, you know, as we know, the Irish can be very friendly, but I'd not met anything like that before. Anyway, he walked out with me to the health food shop, and we were, you know, carried on chatting, really. And uh, he took my hand again, and he said, are you going home to your husband? And I said, no, I said, I'm single, I just live with my dog. (laughs) And he I know. And then I thought, he must be interested. Mm-hmm. And he said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 56. And he said, I can't believe that. He said, looking at your skin, I thought, well, you know, he's flirting, obviously. Mm, like but a then, devil, like a demon, he's flirting. Yeah, like yeah. a devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he then took off his hat to show me his hair. And he said, well, I'm a bit older than you. I said, well, I said, you've got a good head of hair there, Dennis. Because he'd introduced himself to me about three times, telling me his name was Dennis. And uh, I was just in a bit of a state of shock because it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he said, can I have your phone number? So I got this great long English phone number. I kept it for my business. You know, English tuition, Nottingham is the business. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so I gave him this number, and I realised afterwards he got a really old phone, you know, one of those old brick-type phones, and I thought, that won't 
Mm. Yeah, that won't be on WhatsApp, will it? I wouldn't have thought. You know, I have to be for the business. So I gave him this great long number and he seemed to be struggling to put it in. And being English, I was a little bit embarrassed. And he said, well, I I think I got it. And I said, oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'll have to go. I said, but lovely to see you, Dennis. And that was it. And anyway, as I was driving home, I thought, what a nice man he was. Because we chatted about everything. And uh, How long did you spend with him? Oh, it seemed like forever, you know what it's like when you're talking to somebody and you're really engrossed. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes maybe, which is a long... I know for Ireland it's probably not that long, but, you know... Well, for somebody you randomly meet in the bakery and who takes your hand on the way out of the bakery and wants to go to the health food shop, did did he buy anything in the health food shop? Did he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know. I think he was just in there talking. And what he said was that, I'm sure he said Ballyvorney. You know, I don't know the area. But yeah. I'll look no, no, the did map he buy anything? I'm, I'm thinking here, the, did he buy anything in I the health food shop? I didn't see him buy anything, PJ. No, no. no you see, he just did. wanted to go with you to the health food shop. He didn't give a damn about the health food shop. He was already, no, he was already in there, PJ. When I went in, the conversation was flowing. Right. No, no. I, and what he said was, that he was there because he'd had his car, he was getting his car repaired. Uh-huh. So he'd come into town to kill time. And, you know, that seemed feasible. And he said, oh, you know, I don't come into McCroom much. You know, he's busy. I think he said he was a farmer. Uh-huh. And uh, as everybody seems to be around here. <laughs> so anyway, that you know, that, that was it. And I just came home and I thought, what a nice man he was. And then I started to hope he was going to ring. And then he didn't. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get busy. And uh, anyway, I thought last week, Thursday's my shopping day. So I went back into McCroom and I went in. And the same chap who was serving wasn't there. It was, you know, girls that didn't know me. So I just said, oh, can I put my advert? Because I've got an advert for the business with my, you know, picture on it. Can I put it? Oh, yes, yes. Put it on the notice boards. Fine. So I put it up there. And I thought, well, he'll see it, won't he? Yeah. But anyway, in the interim, somebody said to me, you ought to see, see on Facebook. So I went on Facebook and I saw the Ballyvorney Facebook site. So I joined it and I sent this little thing. And, well, the women of Ballyvorney <laughs> mm-hmm. got in touch. Oh, being supportive and all so lovely and all trying to think about who he might be. And it was really, really, really kind. And I thought no one would do that in England. I can't imagine that happening. I don't know. Maybe You you actually went and you checked with local garages. Well, I just sent emails to two local garages because I thought, how many can there be in McCroom? It's only a small place. One of them never got back to me, but the other one was so kind. He's just replied this morning and said really hope you find him we've looked through our books we can't you know we, we can't see anybody that, that that you know has that name or much of that description oh, oh, the, oh dear the whole of McCroom are on the lookout for Dennis he's a hunted man <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this I'm absolutely <laughs> loving this um, English tuition Nottingham is your business and I see it here on um on the Ballyvourney board, someone called Julia says, is that you, my Dennis? They talking about you? What did, what did he say his second name was? Well, do you know, I couldn't remember in the shock of it. I couldn't remember. But it, I think it began with a C. But that's all I could remember, because he just, you know, 
strong Irish accent and I was just, I was taken aback, PJ, because you know in England it wouldn't happen, yeah. you know, and certainly not, you know, by the time you get to my age, it just doesn't happen, you know, mm-hmm. maybe in your 20s, but it was a complete shock to me. Well, and, uh, let's see if what we can do here, right? <laughs> so, Dennis, okay. you think it starts with a C. I think uh, so. Dennis, you think, about five foot ten, silver hair, uh, very chatty, was shopping in McCroom on the 30th of November and you met an English lady called Jane. You were quite taken with her because you asked for her phone number. And well, she's waiting to hear from you, sir. How's that? <laughs> that is brilliant. And the thing that, the thing that happened was somebody here said to me, Jane, we've tried to ring you on your English number and our Irish provider or whatever on the phone won't allow it. Mm. And I thought, God, I wonder if he's been trying to get through and he could Do you know the mistake know. a lot of people make, Jane, is they they don't put in the 4-4 properly. Ah. They think that it's just 4-4. They forget ah. the double O. And, right. Uh, and a lot of people wouldn't have their mobiles set to automatically pick up on an international number. No. And, and you see, WhatsApp does that automatically, as you know. But old-fashioned yeah. Nokia blockias or stuff like that wouldn't do that. Or little flip phones, you have to put in the double O. So yeah, if, if, if he didn't pick up the 4-4, four, four, he might be trying to ring without the double O. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, he'd I do. Getting, yeah. He'd be getting a boo-boo-boo unavailable line. <laughs> And he didn't, he didn't know where I lived or anything. So I thought, all I can do is go back, as I think Julia said on, on, on the Ballyvorney website, go back to the scene of the crime. I'd already done it. Scene I was on it. I'd gone back. I love it. I love it. Here, here's it another one. So Poor funny. man being hunted down. Says you. This is, maybe he changed his mind. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he got cold feet. But, you know... It, Going around kissing people's hands and asking for their phone numbers. Ladies, you know, out shopping. Yeah. And he must know his charm, PJ. He was he was very nice. He's old school, I would suggest. I would say, yeah, which is just my thing. So mm. yeah. <laughs> you said he had quite a quite a country accent. I would say so, yeah. He said he had a small mixed farm was what he said. He okay. said that was what he did. You mentioned yeah. he had a hat. What kind of a hat was he wearing? Just a, it was a really cold day, and he was wearing like a you know woolly. Hat. A woolly hat. What colour was it? Um, you remember? I think it was blue, dark blue. Okay, okay, all right. Let's try this again, Dennis, who was <laughs> in. We'll we'll do it. We'll see. And somebody may know. And McCroom is actually a small little place. Listen, as we've learned on this program, Ireland is a small place, Jane. <laughs> so let's figure this yeah. out. So the, the world is only the world is only a street, let alone a village. So Dennis <laughs> met an English lady in the bakers in McCroom, Lynch's was it Lynch's Bakery in Lynch's, McCroom on the thirtieth of November. You were quite taken by her. You asked her. You, you walked with her to the health food store. You asked her for her <laughs> number. You kissed her hand, and you said you might. You asked if you could ring her. And you haven't phoned her since, and she's wondering where you are. So, Dennis, <laughs> you don't need to put a double four four on our number. Give us a call, and we can put you in touch off the air. Or if you know Dennis, and if he was out for a baby, he might have been out for a pint. 
and he might have been talking down the pub but I met this lovely English lady and I want to talk to her again but sure I can't find her well we have her <laughs> I'm here <laughs> someone, someone is suggesting yes. someone is suggesting <laughs> that you check the CCTV from the health food store I'd, I'd never thought of that. That's one step ahead. <laughs> That's brilliant. Put it this way to you. Put it this way to you. Jane, if we can't find him, nobody can. <laughs> Poor man. We'll put oh, up, we'll put up wanted him. posters for you. <laughs> he's probably booking his flight as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if he's booking the flight, you know what he might be. He might be booking the flight to Nottingham. <laughs> he might. You never know. Hope <laughs> springs eternal, PJ. Who knows? Who, who, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could find him? <laughs> wouldn't it? Stranger, yeah, thi- stranger it things have happened, Jane. All right, you hang <laughs> in there. We'll love. see what we can find. We'll see what we can find. And have a happy Christmas, even if we don't find him. That is Jane, who was in Lynch's Bakery in McCroom on the thirtieth of November. Met a lovely, charming man called Dennis, who was wearing a blue woolly hat and had silver hair, and asked for her number and took her by the hand and kissed her hand. It was most charming. And now she can't find him. Now she can't find him. Does anybody know the Dennis of whom we speak? Are you the Dennis of whom we speak? Are you wondering where is this lovely woman I met in the bakery? Why can't I phone her? We can make it all happen. Now, wouldn't that be a great one? 0818-969696. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. Listen to Cork's 96 FM while you work. While you work. Listen live at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818969696. Text morning and I've made a note to say hello to them both. First of all to Desi and all the crew at Desi's Tires. They are the people behind our Quark's 96 station this year. They're uh, sponsoring it for us and you can listen to it now at 96fm.ie and on the Cork 96fm app all the Christmas hits you want and non-stop with uh, Desi's Tires at Little Island, Carrigaline, Vickers Road and Blackpool and I remember Desi when he had a toolbox and an idea and that's all he had great success a great Cork company Desi's Tires with us on Cork's 96 once more can I also mention uh, my dear friend we've become good pals over the years since we began talking about the work of the Cork Life Centre I speak of Don O'Leary now I knew about this a few weeks back but of course it hasn't come to light yet so I was keeping my powder dry because that's what you do when you're given information in in confidence. It's out now though Don O'Leary has stepped down as director of the Cork Life Centre and as you know Don has been battling illness for the last number of years and he worked right through it. Worked until until the time came for him to um, to move on. He has done that 
uh, wish him well. I know he loves Christmas almost as much as I do, and he loves spending Christmas with his grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren yet, but uh, I know you're looking forward to that, Don. And the best of luck and every success, my dear friend, with the future. And the Life Centre for now has been placed in the hands of another dear friend of mine. And I cannot believe uh, when I read in the paper, Donald O'Keefe writes in the Echo that my dear old pal, Sharon O'Neill, we have been friends for more years than we care to remember. Um, is now the director of the, the Life Centre. Interim, interim, and a new one will be appointed in the new year. So good luck to both. Good luck to Don. Uh, I know he'd kill me if he was in the word retirement. And good luck to Sharon as she carries the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Life Centre through uh, until a new director is appointed in 2024. The red doors remain open and the magic still happens behind them. 0818 96 96 96 the number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96 and your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. A pile more of your It's Not Christmas until coming in. I will get to them. Here's a nice one though. Michelle in Carrigaline says it's not Christmas till the family's picked up from the airport. My first brother is arriving in today from Australia. The excitement is real. Ah, enjoy. It's not Christmas till you do the 12 pubs, says John. <laughs> oh, Christmas doesn't start till my dad used to dig out his Johnny Mathis tape. This is when the child was born. And he used to play it continually in the car and at home until Christmas Day. My dad has passed away since, but I play it now at home with my kids. Still love the feeling and the memories that it brings back. That's from Vicky. Love that one, Vicky. And that's the song on which that... It's the funniest thing I've seen in a while, it's all over TikTok now. It's called When Your Pint Is Poured. Look it up. Look it up, you'll get a laugh. So, travelling. I didn't realise this survey had even been done. We are among the loneliest countries in Europe, and it's hard to believe that of us Irish. We are a very sociable race of people. We love one another's company. We love company. We love the chats and we love the crack and we love the banter and we love the slagging and we love a point and we love music and we love travelling. We love, we just love being who we are. And yes, it emerges that we are a very lonely race of people. This is according to research done by Alone. Well, I don't know if you've heard of Rory's Travel Club. If you haven't, you will now because it's huge. And Rory, the aforementioned, joins me. Rory King, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, PJ. How's things? I'm very well, sir. Let, let's talk a bit about that first, um, the loneliness element. It's hard to believe in, in a country yeah. like this that we have such a level of loneliness. Yeah, I was absolutely astounded. It was actually the Irish Examiner reached out to me um, and asked uh, to, to, they were uh, doing an article on this uh, unwanted statistic. And obviously... Over the last 12 months uh, at Rory's Travel Club, we've started doing group trips. Uh, we've done over 100 of them, and it's bringing people from all over Ireland together uh, to go away, both in Ireland and abroad, to make friends, to have fun and make memories, and it kind of aligned with uh, their article. So, yeah, I was shocked as well, but it was something that I was happy to get on and tell my story, as I ha- I've met thousands of people from all over Ireland over the last 12 months, and there is a lot of them will will tell me and have come back to tell me that they haven't had fun, they haven't been out, they haven't done things in years. So for us to be able to facilitate that, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about Rory's Travel Club, because it's a unique idea. How did it start? 
Yeah, so it came basically off the back of I spent 10 years living abroad. Um, I went to college in England and um, I volunteered straight after college. I volunteered in Fiji for a year. And then I fell in uh, with uh, Cool Swan. It's like a white chocolate uh, Bailey's kind of thing. So oh, I like love Coolie Swan. Y- you know it. You know the one. <laughs> my my yeah, my sister-in-law buys me a bottle every Christmas, so I love it. It's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. So yeah, I, I fell in with them, and um, they basically flew me all over the world uh, doing sales and marketing, and um, they were launching the brand into new countries and into duty frees at the time. So. I was fairly lucky. I, I got a, ch- a great opportunity to travel. I lived in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, New York, um, selling this Irish brand. But basically, I came home with the pandemic. Um, I set up a Facebook page just uh, basically talking about my time traveling, my experiences and showcasing how cheap it can be to travel. Um, I kind of had something in mind um, that one day potentially could be a business. But at that stage, it was just a Facebook page offering advice. My my real annoyance and the problem that I a massive problem that I see and we aim to fix over the next twelve months is if Irish people book Irish accommodations using a third party booking site, uh, they typically take fifteen to twenty five percent commission. Yeah. So that's in my eyes, it's ridiculous. Irish people book at Irish hotels, um, giving fifteen to twenty five percent to a company based outside of Ireland. So that's the main problem we're trying trying to trying to fix. Um, but Rory's Travel Club, it started as a Facebook page. Um, probably about 12 months in, we decided to go to a subscription on the back of I decided to go full-time. I put a Facebook post out saying, look, I'm thinking of charging €10 Euro a year um, to access all the offers. Is that is, is that a good idea? And hundreds of people agreed saying, yep, you deserve it, good idea. And we've yeah. kind of, um, we've just grew since then. Um, we've added so much. Uh, we're working with some of the best hotels in the country. We've offers we've oh, offers yes. whether it's on a particular date or whether it's all year round. We're obviously doing our group trips. We're doing mystery tours as well. Our first one from Cork is actually going to be uh, between Christmas and New Year's where basically you get on a bus at nine on a Saturday morning and you're back at six and obviously a mystery tour. You don't know where you're going but it's a good day out. Good sounds crack like, and you'll sounds like a whole pile of fun. And how do the solo travellers work in with this then? Rory. Yeah, yeah. so basically it's there's two separate subscriptions. One's just where you get deals that you can go off with your own friends, family, yourself. And then there's a separate subscription for group trips, which is also €10 Euro a year to access all the information. So what we'll do is we will we will basically find you the best price or try and find you the best price and then we'll negotiate that our members get, an even, get a discount on top of that. So you should be saving much more than your €10 Euro if you come on the trip. If you want to come on one of the trips, uh, we add everyone into a WhatsApp group. We make an itinerary and everyone meets either at the airport or, or at the hotel. Um, an example being we were down in West Cork um, about two months ago. There was about 50, 60 of us stayed in the Celtic Ross Hotel. Wow. Um, last last week, there was 30 of us at Vienna for the Christmas markets. Um, we've 90 going to... 90 going to Switzerland in March, 90 going to Thailand, with 40 people going to Bali. Get away. Um, we, we had 100 people in the Diamond Coast in Enniscrown, actually, on Saturday night there. Uh, so we're there's a lot of people, and it's giving people opportunity. And the great thing is it's like-minded people, people that want to get out, and it kind of falls in with that statistic uh, by alone, or that yeah. uh, sorry, survey, where people, there's so many people there that want to get out, they want to travel, they want to experience new things, mm-hmm. but they maybe no one to go with and they're afraid to go on their own. So mm-hmm. with our thing, it's all-inclusive. Some of the people you meet, you meet like I, I see hoteliers coming on our trips. I see solicitors, doctors, lawyers. 
and you wouldn't believe there's so many people out there that want to do stuff but they've no one to go with yeah yeah the, the solo travelling I mean it isn't always a bad thing you I, you know, I mean, I had a woman call me here one morning. She she just landed in in Alcudia, and and for the first time in twenty years, she'd nobody with her, and she was having the best holiday of her life. Brilliant. But but, but like solo traveling, it's become so popular now. Yeah, the Google search actually post pandemic is up seven hundred percent for solo travel, which is insane. Uh, so basically, I, I, as I say, I travelled around the world for 10 years. I was lucky I spent a prolonged period of time in some of these countries. And my advice for anyone that is going away, going to Australia, New Zealand, join a GAA club, you're going to meet 50 Irish people and you're not going to be lonely. Yeah. That's what I did yeah. everywhere I went. Do they still um, charge single subsidies and all that nonsense in hotels? Yeah, they do. Um, a little... Yeah, it's 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 see it's a real difficult one and cruises and there's so many people want to go on cruises on their own but it's very hard to get um, a good price for a solo. Because yeah. it always struck me yeah. as being unfair. Like if a room rate in a hotel is, for argument's sake, a hundred euro a night or a hundred dollars a night, wherever you happen to be, whether I stay there on my own or someone stays with me, you're still getting a hundred bucks out of us. Yeah, well, see the thing is, and I I get both sides of the coin, so. So basically, a lot of these hotels and that they're 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 occup- or sorry they're working at a very very high occupancy. So so if they if they sell the room to you at fifty quid or sell it to so obviously if they have it at a hundred quid, they might do it for ninety or eighty five for a solo, which are, there is a bit of a discount. But if they were to sell it at fifty, it would com- it would completely not make sense because there is a good chance they probably will get a hundred if they hold on for it. So they'll no, get the, what they'll I get mean is, Rory, sorry, maybe I'm cross purposes there. So if the room rate is if the room rate is a hundred, um, for two people, sometimes the yep. single supplement will put it up to a hundred and twenty. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that to be honest, but um, yeah, it's 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 strange, like it's strange, but what we're, what we're trying to come in is. Most people are using third-party booking sites. So yes. I don't need to, need to name them. So no, if you're booking a, and this is, this is what we are doing is, and what we're looking to do is, if you're paying 100 on one of these sites, um, they're taking 15 to 25% commission. So what we're doing at Rory's Travel Club, we're trying to give Irish people a route to book in the hotel direct at the best possible price, which in that scenario would be 75 to 85 okay. euro, which, which means there's massive savings. And we're... We're also doing this on specific dates, so uh, some of the daily deal sites, they're also taking the high percentage, so what we're able to do is push our guys to the hotel, and at the end of the day, the hotel's not paying a commission, so they're able to give our our customers, and we've we've now just under 80,000 members. 80,000? 80,000, yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah, we 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 seven people full time, and we're going to be up to ten by the end of January. That was a good so, idea you got on the plane back, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, I see, see. To be honest, like it, I, I never in my wildest dreams that I think we were going to end up here. But like we've we've helped so many people. Um, like there's there's so many people have made friends out like through Rory's Travel Club that'll be friends for life. There's relationships. There's 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 so much good that has came off it on like. Like, as I say, there was 30 of us in Vienna. There was people from Cork, Donegal, Kerry. doesn't matter who you are, where you're, where you're from. Everyone's there to have a good time, to make friends and to have a laugh. Well, if someone is listening who would like to maybe do a solo break in 2024, how do they start, Rory? Yeah, so rorystravelclub.com, basically. So it's a subscription for €10 Euro a year. And what we'll do is we launch 
we launch on average five trips a month. Um, we actually just launched a Camino trip yesterday. Uh, we're going to do about 10 Camino trips in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we launch a... At the minute, we're launching about five trips a month. Heading into the summer, it'll be upwards of 10 trips a month, obviously, because of the better weather. Um, and yeah, 10 euro a year to access all the information. And chances are, if you book on to one of the trips, not only will you get to meet a load of friends and fit, like meet a community and there'll be an itinerary there for you, you will also save money. So like, okay. I'll give you an example. We have um, we've 18 rooms, so we've about 25 people going to Wicklow. Um, at the start of at the start of January, and um, for them it was for for solo travel it was two hundred euro for a Friday and Saturday night, which isn't breaking the bank for oh. a weekend away in Ireland, and they're also getting the opportunity to have fun and meet a load of like-minded people. One thing about international travel, though, Rory, as I'm sure you will agree, and we we, we talk about it here a lot in terms of getting out of Ireland for a holiday anywhere at all. We are paying substantially more to fly out of Cork, Dublin, Shannon, then you'd pay to fly out of Heathrow, Gatwick, Manchester, Belfast. Yeah, believe, believe it or not, there's still, there is certain destinations, even from Cork. So part of what we do is, like, I'd say about 30% of what we do is we, we monitor all the flights, and whenever there's really cheap flights, we post them and let our let our members know. And, like, there's, for, uh, for example, we had a couple of weeks ago, and i just seen a note this morning, that's why I'm talking about it, we had Shannon to Warclaw in Poland, free nights. So flights and free nights accommodation for eighty-four euro, uh, what? and that's to go to the to go to the Christmas market. So that's from Shannon. Flights uh, and accommodation. We, flights and accommodation. Yeah. So there is certain countries. Poland, obviously, being one of them. Um, Portugal, you can you can typically go very cheap. I know anyone listening, probably a place that we 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 for DIY stuff is go from Cork to Gdansk um, the accommodation is very very cheap and you can get cheap flights out of Cork and you can get three or four nights away for under 150 euro from Cork get off the so stage so, so this is the kind of stuff we're promoting All um, right. so, we're, but, so we're, we're kind of we're taking travel as a whole Another thing, I'm just on to a crowd up in Donegal. We're, we're looking to put a bus on. Hopefully I get to go ahead today to go from Cork to Dublin for the Ireland-Italy Six Nations game, which it's impossible to get tickets for. So um, so that, that's the kind of stuff we're... we're because we're working on behalf of so many people, the yeah. bigger the bigger companies. And a great Cork company that we work with um, that we did an awful lot with last week is Magic Vacations down in Conceal. I'm sure you yes, know them. Yes, I've spoken to them, yeah. Yeah, so we Disney's now on sale for 2025, and you could book it with a 99 euro deposit, and you have a year to pay it off. And last last week, we had over 50 families booked, like from all over Ireland, booked with um, Magic Vacation to happen to be the Get my eyes. Out the gap, Rory King. This is we, we love talking what? about travel on this program. We, both myself and and Emer love to plan travel and get around and see places and travel with our families. This is the most entertaining travel call I've done all year. Yeah, well, I'll give you, I'll give you another example close to home, and I know people from Cork booked it. A few weeks ago, um, Vienna Woods, fantastic hotel. Great place, actually, great spot. And uh, they had a cancellation on a Friday night, and they had X amount of rooms, and they gave it to us, bed and breakfast, a main course, and a cocktail on a Friday night for €129 Euro for two people. <laughs> For two, so like, so straight away, like you're probably see if you book that there offer, which 
I think we had 30 to 40 rooms that night. If you book that off, you're saving 50, 60, 70 euro. Yeah. Obviously, they're not able to offer that every weekend of the year because they're probably full a lot of them. But yeah. there is, there's these weekends, and what we're doing is we're basically speaking to all the hotels on behalf of our members. I'll, I'll give you another brilliant example, actually. Um, the Plaza Hotel right in the middle of Killarney. No, it's very um, well, yeah. So the, fr- the Friday and Friday and Saturday night, so bed and breakfast, Friday and Saturday, first and second weekend of January, it happens to be their quietest weekend of the year, but they have 180 rooms. They give it to us for, for um, buy one night, get one free. So our members could book two nights bed and breakfast for €208, right in the middle of Killarney. <laughs> and, if you, and if you go on to one of the third parties or onto their website, it's 400 and. Sixteen euro. Ah, listen, Rory. We will talk again. Keep his number, lads. We're going to talk to him in twenty twenty four. Rory King, the founder of Rory's Travel Club, not just for the solo traveller. He's got loads of stuff there, but travel discounts like the like of which you've never heard before. We will talk again in the course of twenty twenty four, and I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to join this Rory's Travel Club. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. He's got thousands of members. That's the best travel call we've done all year. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right, we're we're dead. We're determined to find Dennis, right? Because this is too good an opportunity to miss. So let's remind ourselves again. We'll podcast Jane's interview later. But Jane is an English lady uh, from Nottingham. Has a business, but she's based in McCroom. She was in the baker shop in McCroom on the thirtieth of November. Met a man called Dennis. They clicked instantaneously and at the same time too. He asked her for her number. He had an old blocky Nokia type phone. He put the number in. He may have got a bit, you know, confused. Put the number in. But his name is Dennis, about 5'10". She thinks his second name starts with a C. Lots of silver hair. Very much into history. Very chatty. Has a small farm. He told her that he was getting his car fixed she's been to see if the garages remember him like this woman is Dennis she wants to find you she's mad to find you and talk some more let's see if we can help Simon Murdoch and the best music mix weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM the only afternoon soundtrack you need in Cork back today straight after the opinion line the best music mix and plenty of Christmas classics as well for you from 12 on Cork's 96 FM we're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM Merry Christmas with your local maze great value deals for family and friends this Christmas join the conversation Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Oh, it's 96 FM. The promo there uh, for Reacher Season 2. Cannot wait. Except the boy are big uh, Reacher fans. Alan Richardson. I mean, is there a more huge human being on your television screens? Reacher Season 1 was awesome, but the trailers of Reacher Season 2, man. Best prison fight scene I ever saw on television was in Reacher Season 1. Cracker of a show. There's another show. Two more while I have an opportunity. Two more shows that I've watched recently. If you're looking for something to look at over the Christmas. One is called... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax... And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Nearly normal family. It's Swedish. There's six episodes. It's on Netflix. It's dubbed, but it's dubbed really well. I'm almost sure they're using AI or some kind of AI for the dubs these days on Netflix because the dubbing is so good. But this is a Swedish show, nearly normal family, six episodes, creepy as hell. But it'll keep you gripped until the very last episode. There's a twist in it that you kind of saw coming, but you didn't, if you know what I mean. That's one. And the other one, not for the smallies and not for the easily offended and not for those who might be at all put off by saucy humour but god it's brilliant obliterated uh, we're down to see uh, episode 3 or 4 now on Netflix myself and the young fella obliterated on Netflix is brilliant brilliant 0818 96 96 96 I'm talking about the charges for going to the vet yesterday, was it Susie? Susie or Sally? Susie was on from St. Vincent to pause about gathering food for the doggies and that occasionally they try to help people with vet bills. Vet bills are very high. And look, I have some knowledge in this with, with my, my daughter working as, as a veterinary nurse. I, I see the reason vet bills are so high is the equipment, the drugs, is just so damned expensive uh, these days. And it came up with the Oireachtas recently and the veterinary people of Ireland trying to find some way to keep prices down because it's getting desperately, desperately expensive to get your dog or your cat looked after. D, for example, a couple of dogs' teeth out a few weeks ago. Morning. Morning, DJ. How are you? Good. Yeah, she had to have three teeth out mm. and uh, 200 euro. I know. I know. But you know, what can you do? You have to get them done. You do. You do. What, what had, age is she? she? Well, I, I I adopted her last Christmas. Okay. Before I got her, she had most of her teeth out that were rotten. And we be, I believed at the time she was between six and seven, but the vet reckons she's more like between 10 and 12. Okay. Because she's losing the sight in her eye now as well. What, what is she? She's a Yorkshire Terrier. Ah, right, okay. They they live to a great old age, if you mind them. They do, Yeah. And she's getting the best of care now, she is. <laughs> good, good, good. What can she eat? Not much, she I'd say. Enough still, does she still eat the has, nuts? She does. She has two back teeth, one on each side, and she has two fangs <laughs> in the front. <laughs> and that's it. But she's still managing. I can see her. <laughs> the little... 
the little nose going around she doing a cat. That's brilliant. What's how she does it, but she eats it away. So three teeth out, 200 quid. 200, yeah. But look, they explained the expensive part is the anaesthetic. Yes, it's very expensive. And it's you not know. so much putting them to sleep, it's waking them up again. Yeah, so I understand that, but still, I'm, I'm a disability and I find it hard. Like, I know, Dee. It was my choice to doctor, so I have to do it. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know yourself, you, you, you'll spend it on them. You know, because oh, before there, I spend it on myself. That, ain't that the truth? <laughs> ain't that the truth? I have a filling the size of a pothole on the road. I'm going, I'm going to get and I'm going to get my dentist on on Saturday because I don't want turkey and ham stuck in it next week. Yeah, but well, I, it's, it's, I had, it's like a pothole. But I waited for I had, it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I had uh, this money's kind of squirreling away a bit every week for Christmas. But sorry, I had to spend it on her then. You no broke problem. into the manage. We'll still manage, baby. We'll still have our dinner and we'll still... Yeah. No, I'm saying you <laughs> broke, you broke into the manage. <laughs> yeah, what's her harm? I know. I know. Well, she's worked it. She's worked it. <laughs> exactly. I know. And she'll be up at, no, she'll okay. be up at your leg now with the, looking for the bit of turkey or ham. Oh, she'll get her little bowl of... Of course she will. And, ...and turkey and a little bit of potato, of course But you she see, will. they won't eat it in the bowl. That's the thing, Dee. She uh, won't she she'll oh, be up. She no, she'll be up by your knee. No, she doesn't do that. Doesn't she? No, I can sit down here, have my dinner, and she won't even look at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're worth it, though, aren't they? Oh, she is. She is. She's an old daughter. What's her name? Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> Daisy the Yorkshire Terrier. She's an old pet. She's the star on the rehoming Cork Pets calendar. She's on the on the cover. All right, <laughs> I've seen that calendar. Is that her? That's her. Ah, for goodness' sake! She's a cute little thing. She's gorgeous, isn't she? She's a pet. She's a dude. <laughs> ah, for goodness' sake! Well, in mind the teeth she's left though. Uh, I'll be know, breaking yeah. into next year's manage. <laughs> 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 no, She'll but the, it is a serious thing, and I, and I know because the, the, the anaesthetic. And I remember saying this to to my daughter. You know, I said, "Jesus, the anaesthetic." She said, "Dad, she's watch it." She said, "I work with them. The skill yeah. isn't putting the animal to sleep. The skill is in, in making sure that animal comes back to you in one piece." Yeah, that's the skill. I, I'm just, you can't blame the vets because no. I know and the drugs I that I go to. He said it to me, look, dude, it's the anaesthetic is the expensive part of it. Mm. We try and keep our costs down as much as we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, it's good enough if you don't have the full amount. He said, look, give me what you have and you'll give me the rest next week. Or which week is after. great. Which is great. No, yeah. I've a, I've, I've a, you love our house. I have a cat on thyroid medication oh, and I have God. a dog on heart medication. Oh, <laughs> I know what you're, I know I know what you're talking about. You're trying to trying to catch them and them oh, the dog is all right. She's okay. stupid. She just thinks it's a sweetie. <laughs> trying to catch the cat because it comes out of a syringe and if you shove it back her throat. Exactly. Oh exactly. god, it's gas altogether. Come and she knows like she sees me going to the press. I've had to you love this Steve. No, I've had to move. Sorry now, pet lovers of the world unite. I've had to move where we keep her medication. Because she knows. So she'll be sitting looking and she'll see me going over by the bread bin. Oh, and no. she's gone out the window because she knows what I'm coming back oh. with. 
Well, Daisy's the same. She has a problem with her eye. She's got dry eye. Yeah. So I have to clean it several times a day and put drops in. And the minute I turn on the tap to wet cotton, well, she knows. Oh, God. This, they know, don't they? They dearly talk to you, some of them. Dee, have a, have a lovely Christmas and keep a piece of you talking too, for Daisy. Peter. Take care. Right. See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's Dee and Daisy. 200 quid to get three dogs' teeth out. But it's worth it. They're worth it, aren't they? But it is expensive. It is expensive. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Let's do a couple more of these. We're asking you about your Christmas tradition. This is with our friends at the Everyman, and every day this week we have uh, two families sending to the Panto on the twenty ninth of December. Two family passes for four people, and before that we will feed you. And today we're feeding you at Isaac's on McCurtain Street. And you need to do some work for it. You need to send us your favourite Christmas tradition, or as we changed earlier on, the thing you never leave out, or it's not Christmas until. It isn't Christmas until. That's, that's what, you don't have to start it like that, but but you know yourself, it isn't Christmas until. Uh, it's not Christmas until we light the candle next to the crib in our house on Christmas Eve. It was a tradition then, when I was small with my mam, dad, sister and brother. Now passing on with my kids and my husband. I think my mam wanted to remind us It's not all about presents, and we'll teach my kids the same. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year to all at 96FM, and the very same to you. And let's do one more for now. It isn't Christmas until we go out to the lock, the whole family, to see the crib. That's Estelle in Carrigaline. Yeah, lovely. And one more, we do one more. It's not Christmas till you put up the tree, about the star on top, to down and watch a Christmas movie and make the hot chocolate. I'm only putting my tree up today. I'm very late, but I'm not feeling very Christmassy due to the sudden loss of my sister this year. Ah, oh, sorry about that. But I'm going to try and get festive and make it special for the kids as much as I can. I love the tickets. Me and my sister used to go to the adult panto every year. I have lovely memories, but it's a very sad first Christmas without her this year. 0818 96 96 96. Right, they have, as usual, they have huge plans down at the Penny Dinners for Christmas Day. Let's find out more next. You want the biggest hits? Yeah, we are really hooked on this now. Oh, this song is class. Oh my God, when I just heard it down, I got into the car and just bought it right back. You got them right here. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want new music. I want to hear that new tune. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy. The Hit Mix. On your smart speaker. On your phone. And on your radio. Weeknights from 8. On Quartz 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Quartz 96 FM. Yeah, so it's what? It's 13 days. Is it 13 days now? To Christmas. And as always, Christmas is a normal working day at Cork Penny Dinners and it's the busiest or one of the busiest working days of the year and the, every year they work the miracle of Little Hanover Street. Katrina, morning to you. Good morning PJ. Are you all set? We are, we're set, we have plenty of plan B and C and D in place. You always <laughs> do, yeah. you always do. Starts at nine Christmas morning, yeah? It does, yeah. No, it'll start at six but we'll open doors at nine and we'll have um, we'll open James Street for people to come and sit down. Mm-hmm. So we'll have because I was fierce busy last year. 
and we'll have the takeaways up at Little Hanover Street and our delivery centre, you know, kind of the housebound. So we have a team of drivers in for that and that's that, that was first busy last year. Mm. And um, the drivers had to go, you know, all over the city and county. So there's a big team comes in. We have ex, um, Michael Turtle, he's got a company, Exec Cars, and he mm. brings in all his drivers. They all just donate their time on Christmas Day. They're incredible. And um, we have... Um, the the guardy who who will be taking it to you know people in their locality the the community guardy will be on duty and um, also we have individuals that come down and offer their services like we know we've one guy but he'll make uh, like a nearly two hundred um, kilometre round trip and wow. that'll be his job done for the day for the day like you know to two houses and that's all he'll go to but it's a very very long trip mm-hmm. but rather than have them without it you know he'll be doing that he did it last year as well and the year before so um it'll be santa will be coming in from you know the polar express from kent station and there'll be gifts for everybody and it's um the the lovely traditional Christmas dinner from the River Lee Hotel again from Rory and the staff over there. They're incredible to us every year. So that's a big, a big, huge tradition. About how many people and families, Katrina, between the takeaways and the sit-downs and and the the deliveries? About how many families will well, we feed uh, on Christmas already, Day? Already on our deliveries we have 400 and something. God so we'll be well over a thousand. Yeah. And like, these are people like that just can't can cook for whatever reason. They could be housebound, you know, stuff like that. There, there are lots of reasons, and mm. um, and people that are quite elderly as well. So we'll be looking after all of them, and uh, some families that don't have cooking facilities, we'll be bringing dinner to them and to, to individuals as well. Mm-hmm. And then later on that night, um, Louise and Anthony will go with hot meals for everybody as well and another couple of our volunteers will be out in the street on Christmas night and now we hope that nobody will be out mm-hmm. but just in case we'll be we'll be around just to make sure mm-hmm. they're okay because you know as as well as it being the joyous most joyous day of the year it can also be the most loneliest day of okay. the year so we'll, yeah. we'll take all of it into consideration and then we'll have lovely music with the High Hope Square down in um, in James Street and then the highlight is and you know there'll be special guests and you know down through the years we've had like Karen Underwood Jack O'Rourke Linda Cullen and really fabulous and fabulous mornings you know mm-hmm. with, with all the musicians the Barricade will pop in as well won't they they'll come in and just to to hear them coming like you know and whatever like it's on Christmas Day, it's magical, like just to, to see the way everybody um, just rallies around and does stuff. Mm. And then, you know, we, we the volunteers are all ready for James Street. We're already here for Little Hanover Street. The drivers are at the ready. So we're kind of, as it is, the plan sounds absolutely perfect, PJ. And <laughs> <laughs> you make it up. <laughs> when do you sit down for a bite to eat yourself, Katrina? Oh, it's an, I, I, I'm having a cup of tea here now talking to you, and I'm grateful for that. Like, it, it's just, so busy like at, at this time and even do you know our selection boxes are gone already could you believe that I normally do you know it's just that it's the demand is ferocious mm-hmm. and um, the lads are just um, like so busy in the warehouse I, I, I mean they're second to none all the volunteers are I, I, I just look on them you know in awe like you know but I'm like so grateful to even know these people they're just amazing mm-hmm. and um, what they do is incredible going above and beyond all of them they're mm-hmm. just you know from the young volunteers right up 
Like we have Frank and he's 80 and he's a trooper, yeah. you know, and, and uh, he kind of keeps everybody on their toes and the jokes and all that camaraderie stuff. Like, you know, if that didn't go on, kind of, it would probably be very tedious for us. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of um, <laughs> ridiculous there's jokes. There's a great buzz you know, in there. And there's humor. a great buzz yeah. in there. There's yeah. always an song going on. There is, you know. There is, yeah. Right. There is. And, and you know, right now the Mayfield Garda bus is gone with the lads from Mayfield School. They've just dropped in their annual collection. And, you know, all the food drives, you know, that have been done in all areas like Rock Chapel now and, and places, you know, mm. in, in North Cork and East Cork and West Cork and South Great. Cork, you know. Well, well with nine days to go, them. Katrina, or I suppose realistically a week, because you want to try and get everything in before, before yeah. the 22nd, do you need anything? Put you, you, The floor is yours, sweetheart. Do you need anything? Okay, well, because the chocolates and biscuits and the selection boxes are in huge demand, yes, we do need more of them. Okay. Um, the last of us, I said our selection boxes are gone, but saying that now when we unpack for Mayfield, we might have another few in there. But on the scale of the demand, it's, um, and you know, this year the schools are really, like the schools are incredible, but like the, the demand for hampers in the schools, you know, and, and for their families has gone up. The numbers have gone up, has, sure. has risen. So everybody that would normally come to us, their numbers have all gone up, but they've gone up dramatically. Do you know, they haven't just gone up by twos there's, and threes and fours. There's what? a lot of hardship out there, up. isn't there, Katrina, that by the time the bills yes, are paid, there ain't much money left for food. Yeah. No, that, and that's the problem. The cost of living is impact on everything. You pay your bills, and you've not, and you can't. Like people can't pay all their bills, yeah. and you know, at Christmas you have all the extras that you need to get, no matter what. Like you still have to make Christmas for your child. That's true. So if you're that's a parent, like, and San- you know, Santa still has to be paid. Stay there, Katrina, for a second, because one group that will help you out in the run-up is the Jingle Bells. They have their usual uh, fundraiser. You're doing this a long time, twelve, thirteen years now. Diane Hanrahan, uh, starting. 11 o'clock Saturday for the annual fundraiser. Morning. Yes, good morning. Hi, and thanks for having me on. And hi to Katrina. Um, yes, we're really excited. It's our, we started in 2010 with the Jingle Bells. Of course, we were inspired by St. Luke's Male Voice Choir mm-hmm. and thought, well, if they can do that, we can do that and we can do it for penny dinners. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be out on the streets on Saturday. Um, so from about 12 on, PJ, yeah, there'll be about 35 or 40 of us and you'll know us by our our lovely white hats and our cheerful singing. Um, so, yeah, we're delighted to be doing it. Uh, we, we had two years, of course, where nobody was out um, right. during COVID. But now, yeah, we're back with the bang and delighted to have our second year post-COVID. And we did an incredibly successful year last year. So raising almost €10,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so it's brilliant. We also the, do a concert as well. So the, the news really for good. Saturday is what's good is whatever about temperatures, Saturday looks like a dry day. Oh, you know what? Thank you so much for saying that. I'm thrilled. I had a nightmare of rain, but once it's dry, we'll be just delighted. Mm, no, I'm going and by my usual, there's a fairly reliable weather app that I use on my phone, and, and it's telling me that I'm not seeing any rain on Saturday, which oh, would be fantastic. fantastic. Now, if I'm wrong, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, that's great. We had a year once where it was snowing and we still went. Of course you did. And you know what? We have a great time and we are delighted to be raising funds. And it, it, 
it does so much on so many levels for people, for the for the people in the choir ourselves. We absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, Christmas wouldn't be the same without it. And to know that we're doing something helpful is, is really positive. I mean, the work that Katrina and her staff do is absolutely just incredible day in, day out with no state funding as such, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So we really inspired us to, to want to raise funds for them. Well, if, um, if, and we've got... If anyone wants to see you, you're at Opera Lane, Super Dry, Brown Thomas, the GPO, Liam Russell's, or the former Liam Russell's, back outside Opera Lane, back outside Super Dry, you're moving around, back outside, and then at half five Saturday evening, you'll be joining the St. Luke's Choir outside the GPO. I'd say that'll be something special. It will. And also just to say that on Thursday the 21st um, in the uh, the church in St. Luke's, uh, which, which is, um, we're going to have our caroling. So we join them there as well. So if anyone wants to lay down new family traditions, I recommend that half five its doors up at St. Luke's on the 21st. And it's a lovely evening and we, we, we people donate and we split the money between two charities there. So it's a lovely evening, really, Fantastic. really entertaining. And can I just say a couple of thank yous? I'm sorry now, but I just no, have Diane, to No, Diane, far away, far away. <laughs> We've had so many amazing people, um, but this was all started by a woman called Finn Flynn. Um, I and also. Finn. You do from from yeah absolutely, and then Jean Carney as well of course who was a powerhouse um, in the city and it really was uh, because of Jean that we 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 started uh, collecting for penny dinners, so I think major kudos there for Jean. But I also wanted to say thank you to Aunt Kaylee. Now he's he's kind of there's a conductor. name I haven't heard for yeah. a while. <laughs> what a musician. Yeah, what a musician, what a conductor. And you know what? He really gives his time. He conducts um, not only the Everyman Panto, which is amazing. So as we were saying to him, because it's Beauty and the Beast, he doesn't have, he doesn't have um, you know, uh, actors. He has Delph to conduct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so poor Anth, anyway, also has the Jingle Bells and the St. Luke's Male Voice Choir. So he does an incredible amount of really great work to bring us up to scratch to get us out on the streets and in concert. So I really wanted to acknowledge the brilliant work that he does. And of course, all the Jingle Bells. Uh, and do follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and if you see us on the streets or you come to the concert in St. Luke's, please contribute and enjoy the music. But Indeed. know that we're delighted to, to be doing this for Penny Dinners, a really, really worthy historic Cork charity. Fantastic. All right. Diane, have a great day. Give my best to Ant when you're talking to him. That's the Jingle Bells. They're doing that tour. They've been doing it for 13 years. They'll be singing all over the city on Saturday. The forecast is good and the plan is to raise a lot of money for, for penny dinners. But just before I finish with you, Katrina, so you need sweets and biscuits because they're running out the sure. door, selection boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, basically, there is a first. You know, there's there's always a bit of a demand, but the, this year it's just and the fact that they're gone means like that. Um, that the demand is huge. But could I also say quickly, we're having a concert Friday night at the Hone and Chapel at UCC. It's the Cork High Hopes, mm-hmm. and we have Jack O'Rourke, and we have Darren McGann from Cove, Irene O'Connell, she's an alto, and we have Malcolm Urquhart and the cellos. So it'll be a beautiful evening. But what Super. it's for. It's for the, the veterans, the homeless veterans for their new home at Ballyhooley Road, Bruna mm-hmm. Colleen, mm-hmm. Bruie Colleen, Colleen or something. It's Bruie Colleen, yeah, Colleen. I've spoken to them yeah. before about it. It's a fabulous yeah, project. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so um, we're hoping that we'll furnish the bedrooms for them because we think that will be their 
safe haven and wouldn't it be lovely to furnish the bedrooms so that's at the Honan Chapel at 7.30 at UCC and on Sunday we have a mass in our um, wellness centre for John Keaveney who's still missing and whose family are still looking for him Spoke to his family during the summer, yeah yeah, and they're still out every day still looking for John and hoping that there'll be a breakthrough. So we're having a kind of a service on Sunday. It'll be Father Jack Toomey, who everybody loves. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to just, you know, bring people together that have been involved in the search okay. with the family to show them that we're still, you know, out there looking for all who are missing. And anybody who has people missing... You know, they're all welcome to come to the Mass at Half to in James Street as well. Marvellous. All right, listen, you have a wonderful run in. If there's anything we can do, you know where we are, Katrina. I do. You know I where do. we and are. Right. Thanks for everything you do. And look, the jingle bells, the minute you, they contact us in the lead up to Christmas, we know it's Christmas. They're just absolutely amazing. There but to go. anybody that gets the privilege of listening to them, they're fantastic truly fantastic to listen to mm-hmm. so we, we can't thank them enough and everybody else that helps us the people of course right now there's a whole school walking down with boxes and boxes of stuff for us I, I'm sitting here in the car because if I speak to you inside you won't hear a word I said it's too noisy right. well, so, well you take uh, care of yourself have a, have a cup of tea and, and, and relax yourself uh, because you've a very very busy nine days ahead or tor- 13 days ahead uh, the wonderful Katrina Toomey of Cork Pen News and thanks to Diane from the Jingle Bells as well. And there's the call out now. There's the call to action. I asked her, as I always do, what do they need? They need sweets and biscuits. They need selection boxes. And get them into Little Hanmore Street. And let's let's make it happen. If you're out shop, if you're going out shopping now, and if you have the money, if you can afford it, pop one more box of biscuits or one more selection box into the trolley and drop it down to the penny dinners they will be delighted with it because on Christmas Day they will feed and entertain hundreds of people hundreds of people thousands even and they want to have a few sweets and selection boxes and biscuits for them which would be fantastic if, if that's the least we can do then that's what we'll do 0818 96 96 96 We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM with your local mace, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion this week, we're sending you to a different restaurant every day for dinner. Then we're sending you and the fam to the Panto. It's happening on the 29th of December, which is a Friday. And uh, two family passes to give away today. And then we'd also send you to Isaac's that day. You need to work for it. 083 396 96. We've had some fabulous ones in. Uh, so far and we need to get some more in and we'll pick two really good ones before the end of the show what is the thing that it's not Christmas until this happens it's your favourite Christmas tradition the one you'd never be without the one that says it's Christmas for us anyway for our house for your house what is it the favourite Christmas tradition the one you'd never leave out doesn't matter if you were having Christmas on the moon you'd still have to do it 
It's not Christmas until 083. 396 96 96. The two best we pick will head off to see the Panto on Friday 29th and go to Isaac's for dinner before uh, for the family. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text, or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. And the email opinion at 96fm.ie. We will see if we can't find out more about Jane and, and, um, oh God, what's this his name once again afterwards? Uh, they met in the bakery in, in, in McCroom. Daniel, that's right. We'll see if we can find, find out some more before the end of the show. We'd love, Dennis, rather. We'd love to track him down. We really would. But first, this time yesterday, we were getting messages um, to our phones uh, from the theatre world. It was um, Marion Wyatt who messaged me and a colleague and friend Paul Bourne messaged me as well early yesterday morning to say that the death had occurred of the wonderful Frank Toomey. Um, Frank was a gifted entertainer, a lovely fella, great comedian, great actor, great straight actor, which a lot of people didn't know, and a wonderful children's entertainer. And that was a part of his sort of profile, his thing, that I'd forgotten how wonderful he was, which, of course, that's where he started as Bosco's friend on RT. We played a little clip of the Bosco theme yesterday. But in the two thousand. Early 2000s, um, Frank and Packy O'Callaghan got together here at 96FM with a little bit of divilment called Santa Ponza or Bust. It was a comedy sketch that used to run on the breakfast show in the morning. Initially, there were two three-minute sketches and it was these two women, Carmel and Noreen, played by Frank and Packy. And it, it developed into a stage show. And they did three stage shows. And then they toured the country and they packed out the everyman. And they packed out town halls and community halls up and down the country. Then they went up Dragon's Den to make a business out of it and to get business investment. And they got investment from everybody. And Santa Ponza or Bust became this enormous Success So much so that the two lads, the two ladies, became household names. They were known up and down the country as the stars of Santa Ponza or Bust. And it all started here on Cork's 96 FM. Like, this is the kind of divament they used to get up to. Ah, Carmel Murphy, how are you, girl? I didn't see you for ages. I know, Noreen, girl. I'm training morning, noon and night for the Cork City Marathon. What kind of training are you doing? I do 50 laps at the lock every night with the dog. If my dog goes around the lock anymore, girl, he thinks he's a dog. Come here, that's madness, Carmel. Packy O'Callaghan, good morning. And first morning. of all, my condolences on the loss of a man who was your colleague, your partner in crime, sure. but your dear, yeah. dear friend. Absolutely, PJ, yeah, yeah. We've been together, well, um, uh, working together for about uh, 27 years, all, yeah. all told. And, um, you know, we, we had lots of uh, fights and lots of battles, but we, uh, you couldn't follow with Frank, you know. Mm. And <laughs> he was such an inspired character, really. And, uh, I, I, you know, you, you mentioned there something that very few people would have been aware of, his ability in the straight acting scene, you know. Mm. Um, like, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't have known that Frank played with them um, you know, if you could be Ray McNally, Liam Neeson, he was on stage with John Kavanagh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Colin Meaney more, more recently. And um, in fact, I remember um, once I met Noel Pearson um, and he told me that he saw him in West Side Story in Cork and he brought him up to do Oliver in the Gaiety. You know, so Frank had an enormous 
versatility. You know, he was, he was just brilliant in so many ways. And um, but I think really his he had an extraordinary capacity to uh, connect with young, with kids, with children. Mm. And uh, to me, that was his, that was great strength of his. But that's just one aspect of, of so many, you know, he was mm. a song and dance man, he was a straight actor, he was a brilliant comedian. And maybe his greatest talent, and I think it's not an exaggeration to say he was a genius at, at the writing, you know, he was just, like, mm. it just blowed out of them. I, I often remember here, we used to write Santa Pons at my kitchen table yeah. and I might spend three, I was the kind of work horse, you know, I'd kind of write the storyboard and, you know, try to develop the script to a certain point. But when Frank would get hold of it, like he just make it go from the kind of yeah. mundane to the sublime, you know, he, he, he really had a great, great gift, you know. It was a remarkable success, wasn't it, Packy? Yeah. Santa Ponza. Mm. It started here in, 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 in a recording sure? studio just a couple of yards away from me here. That's right. Well, not long, well, not so much remarkable, but unexpected. I mean, we had no expectations of it, really. When we, we did it first uh, with you, for, I think it ran for a month, uh, uh, every day for a month, and I think total running time was about 100 minutes, so it was three minutes a day for 30 days, and I met. I remember meeting Patrick Talbot, the uh, who was artistic director of the Everyman at the time, in on McCartney Street. He said, "Is there any potential for that to become a stage show?" He said, "Now people are talking about it, you know." And um, we we actually we, we wrote four stage shows, uh, you know, three following on from Santa Panzer Bust, and we got ten years of the greatest crack out of it, really, you know. And you know, we did made a few pounds out of it as well. Which and and the two, the, the two divas, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure, like you say, Frank was responsible for for a lot of it. I remember, I if I oh, saw yeah. the stage show once, Packy, I saw it yeah. twenty times in various yeah, places. Yeah. I had the pleasure of introducing it once or twice in special sure. performances. I remember, yeah. Damn, yeah, script yeah, was yeah. never the same two nights running. Never. No. <laughs> that was one of the dangers of sharing a stage with Frank. If something would pop into his head and he could throw it out there and it would bring the house down, but you were stuck for where do I go from here, you know? How the uh, hell do we answer that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, PJ, like, nobody I, I've i ever met played a woman with, so convincingly at him, you know? He was just extraordinary. And do you I, know I who remember said that also you know, before, Packy? Two people mm-hmm. have said that to me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. of them were damn yeah. fine women in their time. Bill O'Connell yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Paddy Comerford yeah. always used yeah. to say, Frank yeah. Toomey is the best dame yeah, sure. you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Mary O'Rourke, like, he, he became Mary O'Rourke. Mary O'Rourke, oh, yeah, like Mary O'Rourke. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, actually, we were, we were in Athlone doing, you know, the Funny Friday show, which we were together, you know, on for about 18 years. And Mary O'Rourke came to see the show. And I remember standing close by and it was hard to d- determine who was wh- which was which you know yeah. <laughs> like Frank he was even he looked much classier than Mary because Frank did it, did it you know he was so professional you know Frank dressed up for radio Frank put on makeup for radio I mean isn't that amazing yeah. you know tell I mean, us the story I, about I, the tights Frank, Packy it's a great Frank story Frank did his radio you know yeah. Sorry, PJ, yeah. tell us the story about the tights on Bull Island this is the best story I ever heard Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is feeding into just what I just said there about, like, Frank Frank was a perfectionist in so many ways, you know. And um, as I said there, like, you know, I, I said to him, Frank, you're on radio. You don't have to go spend 20 minutes putting on lipstick, you know. And he said, look, for me, I have to feel it, you know. And so anyway, during the time we were, we were doing Bull Island, uh, Frank would be playing Mary O'Rourke, standing behind the doll bar, always behind the bar. And... Um, he drove the wardrobe man, his name was Frank Devereaux, half crazy by insisting on getting new tights 
every day, you know. So we used to shoot this for three days a week, I think, at the time. And Frank, the fellow from Frank Deborah, a real dub, said, Jesus, you're inside the bleeding counter. No one can see you. I can't even see it myself, you know. And if we haven't got a budget for, 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 for three pairs of tights, well, they certainly wouldn't have the budget for it now. But anyway, Frank, you know, Frank would say, stop, I'm not going on until I get a, pair, a new pair of tights. Mm. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, he was great. I met him recently. Actually, I met him yeah. a few months ago down at the the garage in in, in Black Rock, and sure, we chatted a few words, and he he recognised mm. me all right, and we had a, we had a word, and he was gone. Yeah. He 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 wasn't looking great at all, and I was no. worried about him. I was very worried mm. about him, uh, but yeah. but in, in the in, you 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 got a chance to to say goodbye to him. I did, yeah, and you know, I, I the last two years. You know, we 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 travel away to do Funny Friday. Usually, you could be. But the last time we did it was in Belfast, and I I'd, I'd usually drive. And um, you know, poor fella, like he really struggled to keep it together. And um, but no matter how poorly he felt, once he got on that stage, once the lights went up and the curtains parted, Frank, like no matter what condition he was physically, he would be just on fire. You know, but um, I was up on was it Tuesday night. And uh, his family were around his bed, and um, I, it was just really for me. It was just so, uh, so I uh, was just too emotional. <laughs> okay, Frankie, it's okay, man. Yeah, um, and um, he was really in a very, very poor way, struggling desperately for breath. And I said to myself, "Look, why w- would they prolong this? You know." And mercifully, he passed away at four o'clock the following morning. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But I, I miss him so much, not just as a, you know, collaborator and, you know, but as a friend, like he was, like Frank was just the most decent, compassionate guy, you know. And um, I, I often remember calling to Frank, he lived down in Blackrock and, you know, Frank would take in somebody who was down in their luck, stuck for some of the best to stay for a few days. That, that was the kind of guy he was. He was just, he was, a, he was you know, I, I, I said this to someone yesterday, he grew old, but he never grew up, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's a gift not given to many. Mm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. He was he was just a lovely, lovely person. And Frank would be, you know, I, I off, he was the last guy to try and hog the limelight. You know, when you have, when you have these two hundred shows, you often get a bit of tension between the two performers, like people wanting the better lines or mm. etc. Mm. Frank was just the most generous actor. You know, he never sought celebrity was something he just spurned. Really, PJ. Mm. You know, he was just, just good interested. Yeah. He was just good at, you know, what he did on stage was what he did on stage, and that was the totality, but he wasn't interested in any other trappings of success mm. or anything. That was just, you know, that was just all he wanted, you know. And if it came into his head, he said it. Mm. He did. And like he you did. said, many's the nice, the, yeah. the whole script was changed <laughs> in a whim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it did, was he, never, did he, he ever he say afterwards, did he ever have a moment afterwards, Packy, where you said to him, what the jeez was I supposed to say to we that? Had Lots of moments, PJ, over the years. But as I said earlier, you could fight with Frank, but you couldn't follow with him. And another thing he had, he just these fantastic, expressive eyes, you know? Yes. And I, I remember Declan Hassett saying to me one time, he said, you know, very few people, you know, can visually... He was a brilliant actor, like, um, you know, you have Chaplin and maybe Laurel Hardy, maybe. Mm. But like Frank, there was an opening scene. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to hog the show now, but there was an opening scene in Santa Panzer Bust when Frank was um, putting cones down for roadworks or something. I don't remember exactly what. And he spent three or four minutes on stage, didn't say a word. And the place was just you know, rocking after he finished, you know. He's a brilliant, brilliant um, physical comedian, really. Well, you know. when it, but he, he, had, he had everything. Well, we've lost 
we've lost another great now, but I always yeah. say yeah. that, you know, you'll remember both Billa and Paddy Comerford. Sure, the, sure, sure, I, sure. I think, I think Frank mm. made up the trio. Because yeah, like I you said, he, up there, you know? he didn't he need to utter, and this was, this was the beauty, this is why I wanted to mention mm. it today, Packy, and speak with you because you worked with him on stage so much. Yeah, he didn't sure. need to open his mouth. No, no, he didn't. But you know, PJ, for me anyway, and I'm sure for a lot of people, he leaves a really rich legacy, you know, and um, fortunately there are some YouTube clips of him still doing the rounds, and I mean, I'm sure people will remember him with great, great fondness, you know. Yeah, well, we've another one of those little promos that you did, and they won an award uh, at the uh, Love Radio Advertising Award in in 2012. The the, the, okay. the, the, the the clips that you did for the for the marathon, Packy. Again, my condolences on the loss of yeah. your dear dear friend. Yeah. Thanks, PJ. It was a pleasure talking to you, Cheers. and um, I'll, I'll see you soon. God bless. You bye bye now. Right, thank bye you. Bye. Take care, Great, Packy O'Callaghan, uh, Frank's partner for on stage for 27 years and lifelong friend. Uh, Santa Ponza are bust somewhere, somewhere it's buried in the archives. Somewhere. Um, we've gone through so many recording studios in this building since it was done. Um, we'll find it though. It'd be great to find it, wouldn't it? 0818969696. Yeah, and here's another one of those promos they did. This is just the two of them arsing around in a studio. The brief was do something in the character of Carmel and Noreen to promote the Cork City Marathon. This was the kind of lunacy they would come up with in a couple of minutes. Carmel, I thought you were in training for the Cox City Marathon. Why did you want a snack box? No, this is my birthday. I'm treating myself. This is my first snack box for weeks. Don't be telling lies. Teresa Curtin says she sees a good into that chipper seven nights a week. Yeah, but I jog home. She look at me, la. I'm sweating. Carmel, you're only fooling yourself, girl. I'm sick of telling you. Go to 96fm.ie and click Marathon Tips. Yeah, and they won awards with that in 2012 at the Love Radio Advertising Award. Catherine, you lived next door to him for, for many years. Good morning. Yeah, um, I had the privilege of living next door to Frank for 18 years. And um, when I moved into the estate, um, Frank was the first person to knock on my door and welcome me to to the estate, you know. And um, we came great buddies. I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to be living next door to a celebrity. And he looked at me and he said, some celebrity, he said, you know. And um, But, uh, yeah, we, I used to go walking with his dog, Rascal, and uh, he loved Rascal, his dog. Uh, uh, and uh, we went walking with my dog and his dog. And uh, many times I sat in the early days in, in his kitchen, uh, listening to him with his lines. Does that sound funny? Does that sound funny? <laughs> and he used to, I used to laugh my socks off with him. You know, he was so funny, and you know, and uh, I had the massive privilege of being with him Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He went unconscious on on Saturday night, mm. but we we, we reminisced big time myself and a few more neighbours and uh, he asked for non-alcoholic wine and uh, the, the nurse said let him have whatever he wants and uh, we had 7-Up and Tanor and non-alcoholic wine and we laughed our socks off for the, the four days uh, before he passed you know it was um, it was just a privilege to be with him the last two days of his life, you know, and um, I loved him dearly. He, was, he wasn't just a neighbour, he was a friend, mm-hmm. an absolute beautiful friend, and anyone in the neighbourhood, if they were in trouble, Frank was 
want to, what, what can I do to help? You know, he was a lovely soul and um, I'm seriously, seriously going to miss him. The fun times with him and, you know, he was a funny, funny man and, um, you know, and I seriously loved your dog lover, PJ, and he seriously loved Rascal, you know. Yeah. It broke his heart when he had to say goodbye to Rascal because his back paws went and oh. he had to say goodbye to him, you know, and, um, but yeah. He was, he was one of the greats. He was one of the greats. He, he, one of our great he was one of our great entertainers. And, um, you know, he was ready to go. He said, I'm fine. I'm out here and I'm ready to go, he told me. You know, I'm not yeah. afraid to go, he said. You know, I, I said, you're just in time for the panto in heaven. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, and he laughed. And, and he's he above there now, Catherine, rewriting he, the he, script. He, he, he's <laughs> up there rewriting the script. Well, yeah, as, as Paddy said, yeah. He, he was a t- Terror, you know, for he's uh, wanting and change his mind and forever locking himself out with his key and looking up that night. He knocked on my door and I noticed that she wasn't well, you know, and mm. I called the ambulance. He locked himself out again, you know. So, yeah, he but he was a wonderful, wonderful neighbour, yeah. you know, and um, and all of us in in in, in Rockwood are going to miss him something shocking, you know. So well, I'm thinking of you yeah. all and the pleasure you had of, of just uh, having yeah, that wonderful yeah. sense of humour living in the in the community. He was. He was a lovely guy. I didn't know him well. I could never say that I knew him well, but uh, what I knew I liked very, very much. Catherine O'Keefe, thank you so much. And before that, uh, Paki O'Callaghan, reminiscing about the, the life and times and the work, uh, the genius of the late, great Frank Toomey. It didn't all start at Bosco. <laughs> 0818969696 We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM Christmas, Christmas with your local maze making your Christmas extra special with festive offers Listen to Cork's 96 FM on your smart speaker say. Simply say play Cork's 96 FM Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Right, I have a ton of your entries for our Panto competition. And I'll read them in a minute. Um, one of them I can actually make a person's Christmas here and now. But there you go. But let's get back to, to Jane and uh, to Dennis. I... You, we'll, we'll podcast the interview I did with Jane earlier on this morning. We'll podcast that later. But Jane was in the bakery, Lynch's Bakery in McCroom, on November 30th last. And she met a man called Dennis. And they clicked instantaneously and at the same time too. They clicked. And she tried to find him. She gave him her phone number. He asked for her phone number. She gave it to him. But she's not quite sure if he got it correctly. She can't find him since, and he hasn't phoned her. And she was on with me this morning trying to contact this Dennis. He said to her she was having, or he was having his car repaired. She even checked with garages to see had they had a Dennis in. This is on 30th of November. This poor woman is smitten. And by the sound of things, so was he on the day. Humphrey Lynch is at uh, Lynch's Bakery. Humphrey, good morning. PJ, how are you doing? Very well. Can Good. you shine any light on this little story for us? Well, actually, PJ, I was serving in, in, in the shop at the time, and he came in first, and he was asking me uh, about the bakery. I was of the opinion he was possibly from East Cork because he was getting his car serviced, 
And he said, I like here in business. He said, we're in business 153 years. He said, I love to come into all places. And mm-hmm. the next thing was she came in, and we the three of us were talking. And then I noticed I was cut out of the conversation, and it went on for maybe 20 or 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went, then I saw them walk up the street, and, and I up to the health shop, which was close to us there. And... Uh, and uh, I thought, to the way she was working there, but anyway, um, I, I was of the opinion, PJ, that he was somewhere from East Cork because I think he was getting his car serviced or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he hadn't been in McCroom before. I see. So he was new to the area. He was. He was. Right. Just just passing through as if... Well, I wouldn't say that. It was just that he, he, because he said he was never no shop before and he said he loved coming to, to all places. Mm-hmm. There was definitely there, there was definitely a spark there, says you. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, should I mean, they spoke there, I, I mean, I was standing there for a while and then the conversation was uh, fairly intense between the two of them, so uh, I, I, I wasn't to be seen. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be asking you to spit any secrets, but what were they talking no, no. about? Well, I, I didn't really listen, but they were talking about things in general, and I could see when they were going up the street, and then they were, they were, they were as if they were long-lost friends. Ah, there's something there. We'll there have to be. find him. We'll have to find him. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I, I, I said that um, I must, we have cameras also, so I must look up to see, can I locate it, but I, I get one of my daughters to do that, mm-hmm. and we'll see what we can find. 30th of November. 30th of November. Humphrey, thank you. Humphrey Lynch of Lynch's Bakery in McCroom. Dennis, so not from McCroom, not a frequent visitor to McCroom, but was in McCroom on the 30th of November. Your name is Dennis. We think your surname starts with C. You have a small farm. General farming is what you told the lovely lady you met, whose name is Jane. You asked for her phone number. She gave it to you. But you have an old phone. The phone number may have gone in wrong or you may have missed a digit or two. She's looking for you. She's expecting your call. I'm very sure that if you contact us, we can put you in touch with her. If you know this, Dennis, if Dennis is a friend of yours or his name rings any bell or the description rings any bell, silver hair, loves history, very chatty man, was wearing a woolly hat at the time, if that matters. If it rings a bell with you, uh, and uh, he might be talking about this wonderful lady he met, we have the ways and means to put them together. What what a, what a, what a fantastic story it would be for Christmas if we could do it. Thanks, Humphrey. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right, <clears throat> we have two family passes for the Panto Beauty and the Beast at the Everyman on Friday, twenty ninth December, and we will send our two families to. Isaac's McCurtain Street for dinner before that. Great evening out to be had. And we're asking for, you know, it's not Christmas until the Christmas tradition you would never give up on. Burr says, it's not Christmas until my oldest son, Evan, is home from San Francisco. And we'll all put our baubles on the tree with our names on them. It's his first Christmas home since 2019. He's landing in Cork Airport on Friday to surprise his younger siblings. And I just can't wait to do our tradition with us all at home. My daughter says Bernice will be home from Japan after two years. We'll finally have the family together in one place. It was always a tradition handed down by my parents to have us around the Christmas table. 
She's paying a month's wages to come home for a week. She'll get off the plane and I'll hug her until she can breathe. It's not Christmas. You have all the family around the table for dinner and no phones. Put them all away. That's from Mary Tynan. It's not Christmas till we put up the tree, go to the panto and have all my beautiful family together, happy and healthy. It's just so special and I'm lucky to have them all in my life. I feel so blessed. The puddings are on now. Listening to 96FM as I do every day. Loving life. Thanks to you all for great shows. A very happy Christmas and healthy New Year. And the same to you. And you didn't sign it. It's not Christmas until I have a bowl of my Santa... What? Santa cornflakes sipping hot chocolate with marshmallows while watching Home Alone. Says, Oh, the Santa cornflakes. Oh, I know what you mean. The ad. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That one. Absolutely. We'd absolutely love this prize. The smell of the spiced beef and the Baileys on ice setting up the table for the big man and fresh pyjamas on. A lot of people talk about going to Midnight Mass and she can't go to Midnight Mass anymore in Cork. There's no more Midnight Mass. It's all 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, which of course isn't Midnight. It's not Christmas until I hear the ad for Barry's Tea. Yes, I haven't heard it so far this year. Another one. There's something about Christmas. And even if it doesn't come on, we'll play it before the end of the week. There's something about Christmas. You know the one? Yeah. yeah it's not Christmas to hear the ad for Barry's tea where the man buys a train for his grandson. That's from Richard. It's not Christmas till the Coca-Cola Christmas ad. Well, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, if I push this little button. There you go, Amy. That's for you. Happy Christmas. Uh, I was the one tasked with lighting the candle. My earliest memory, always look forward to it. I still keep up the tradition, 6 o'clock every Christmas Eve. That's from Jimmy. Uh, Maura, it's not Christmas till we gather around the crib in our house on Christmas Eve and sing happy birthday to the baby Jesus. My daughter is 22 and she cringes at my awful singing, but it's tradition and it's most important to us. Evelyn, it's not Christmas till I sing O Holy Night with the Choir of St. Patrick's at Christmas Eve Mass. It's our little choir's favourite few minutes of our whole year of singing, said Evelyn. Yeah, Oh Holy Night, the greatest Christmas song of them all, bar none. Susan, it isn't Christmas till the youngest puts the angel on the tree. It's not Christmas till Chris Rhea starts driving home, says John. The rotary tree of remembrance, it's not Christmas. Here's this one. When my my son was younger, we always did the decorations on the weekend of the 8th, then went to Santa or to the cinema and to McDonald's. Yeah. It's loads. Spiced beef cooked on Christmas Eve, then it's Christmas, says Leanne. April, that's a lovely name, April Sinclair. It isn't Christmas till we take a walk around the city to see all the lights. Sheila, until the Christmas letters are written and posted in the big Santa post box outside the GPO. It's back there again. Lisa, it isn't Christmas till you're sitting in front of the fire on Christmas Eve with a mulled wine watching It's a Wonderful Life. Timmy, we put up the Christmas picture frame of Santa visits of previous years. The boys have grown up now. The flame is complete. Nula, I send the holly bow to my auntie in the UK. She's 91 and it's Christmas when I donate to share. Helen, it's not Christmas until my mam's decoration comes down from the attic. Yeah. And Deirdre says, oh, one more before it. Hi, PJ. My favourite tradition was to help out with the turkeys, hams and spiced beef in my grandfather's butcher shop in Crosshaven. Unfortunately, the shop's been closed a while now. Granddad passed away last year, so it's safe to say Christmas just won't be the same, says Kian. Well, sorry to hear that, Kian. 
Sorry to hear that. And Deirdre says it's not Christmas until you hear Fairy Tale of New York. Well, Deirdre, just for you, we can oblige. Christmas begins with the tree on the night of the toy show. The preparation begins, and the last thing to do is putting on my Christmas tablecloth and my precious dishes, which I only use on Christmas Day. They were a gift from my late Auntie Nan. They're all washed and waiting on my dresser, says Nicola in Shanagari. PJ, it isn't Christmas until we have the house completely decorated on the 1st of December for my son's birthday on the 5th. He's 15 now, but we still do it. Christmas doesn't start till my dad digs out. We had that one earlier on. Do you know, I'll tell you my one. Um, my one is when it's Christmas Eve, right? And we go out for, for lunch, the family Christmas Eve, and we always go into the Metropole and we have a lovely time in there. But, 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 the time for me is about half six Christmas Eve or maybe a quarter to seven. The shops have closed. And as a silence starts to descend, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. The city is a, a buzz. It's electric. But then at about six, quarter past six, twenty past six, half six. I think probably around quarter past half past seven is when you notice it. The silence. There's a silence that comes over the city on Christmas Eve. And then for me it's Christmas. Then for me it's Christmas. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We'll have our winners soon. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's ninety six FM. The only afternoon soundtrack you need in Cork. Back today, straight after the opinion line. The best music mix and plenty of Christmas classics as well for you from twelve on Cork's ninety six FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at ninety six FM dot ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. They are still piling in. We're having a great response to this one. The the Christmas traditions you'd never leave behind or the moment when it's Christmas. Our Christmas tradition was started by my grandparents. This comes from Tony. We used to go there for dinner when we were younger and Santa used to put a letter on the tree that no presents were to be opened until after dinner to make sure we ate all of our dinner. Now that we're a bit older and we go to my parents for dinner, we've continued this tradition with my nephews to make sure they eat their dinner before the madness and excitement starts all over again. It's a tradition I love and hope to be able to continue this with my own children someday. That's for Tony. Good morning, PJ. It isn't Christmas until me and my family climb Mushera Mountain. What? On Christmas morning? Since I can remember, my father used to have myself and my two sisters up at the crack of dawn Somehow it turned into a tradition. And let's just say we enjoy our dinner after it. That's from Nicole. I love this. Michelle says, it's not Christmas unless they're putting up our very old 46-year-old Christmas decorations on the tree. Yeah. Old decorations. Don't you love them? And They've been around for years and years and years. We have one. My very, very favourite Christmas decoration in our house. And he's known as Fat Santy. Yes, it's politically incorrect. But he's Santy. And he's fat. And he's gold. And he's looking a bit sorry for himself now because we've had him for donkey's years. We bought him at a place that I don't think they do it anymore. And it was a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous tradition. The house in Columbia. Do you remember the house in Columbia? The Christmas house in Columbia? I don't think they do it anymore. But out the back, they used to sell little decorations. 
um, that they look just craft decorations and little fat Santi goes on our front doorstep every year. He's my favourite decorations. He's, he's nearly 20 now. It's fat Santi. <laughs> oh, stop it. There's loads more. There's pages and pages and pages. Let me, let me, the candle, the youngest putting the candle on the tree is a really big one. Um, right, let's see. Oh, it's not Christmas until the thyme and onions are sweating in a pot to make the stuffing. Is there a nicer smell? Is there a nicer smell than sweating onions? in the world of cooking. Anyway, I, I do digress. Bernice. Hello. How are you? When is Elizabeth coming home? She's coming home on Christmas Eve. Oh, my goodness. When did you last yeah. see her? We haven't seen her since May of 2021. Wow. Where's she been? She's been in Japan. She's in Japan. Okay. And is she, she just um, working out there, is she, yeah? Yeah, she did a UCC degree in um, World Languages, so she went out there first to teach in a school out there. Yeah. And then that contract came to an end, and uh, now she's teaching, I think, three or four-year-olds English. Brilliant. Um, and uh, she met her partner out there, so she is coming home Christmas Eve and flying back for New Year's Eve for their first anniversary, which I think is so romantic. Isn't that lovely? And is your partner yeah. going with her? No, her partner's from China, so to get it, it would be too late to get um, a visa to come in. Okay. And it's yeah. costly for her to get home, I think, is it? It's about 1300 I think. 13, it, it, whatever, it, it's costing her a full month's wages to come home for a week. Wow. But we tried to dissuade her, saying, you know, we'll come over next year and what have you. But no, she's she's a she's a home bird at heart, always has been. So she wants to get back to, to okay. see us. And my mom, my mom has Alzheimer's, and she wasn't going to go in the first place um, back in the back at the start because she was afraid something would happen to mom. Mm-hmm. But mom is still flying. And she's in great form, and uh, I think it'll be very, very special for Elizabeth to spend time with her. What what time is it you in on Christmas Eve? Eve? Half past twelve. And you'll be Half at the. Will there be a little crowd at the airport? Uh, well, it'll be. She's coming into Dublin. Oh, Dublin, right? And she doesn't like the train, so she's getting the bus. Just she's an independent Aggie. <laughs> Good for her. So she's going. So there's going to be a crowd of us waiting at the bus stop when she arrives. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, do you know what? What we might do, because she's paying a month's wages to come home for a week and, and mm-hmm. all of that, and you have a tradition of loving the everyman and loving the panto. Yeah. Could you yeah. get four people together to go on the 29th at 7 o'clock? Could you do that? Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. And, would you, and would you like to go to Isaac's for dinner before it? Oh, that would be nice as well. <laughs> well, Bernice, you're doing that. You're going, you're, you're, you're going on us and the Everman and Isaacs. You're going out with your daughter, Elizabeth. Oh, you said. yes, we yes. Haven't seen her since May 2021. Yeah, that'll be brilliant. That's right. That'll oh, be. it'll be brilliant. Uh, you'll you'll be squeeze. Brilliant. The, I say you'll squeeze the life out of her, will you? <laughs> oh my God! She, uh, my, as I said to my husband, I said she's still be at the bus stop when it's time to go away because I won't let go of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're excited! I can tell it. Oh yeah, yeah! Can't wait. 
All right. Okay. Bernice, listen, delighted for you. And you're our first of two winners today with our friends at the Everyman and indeed Isaacs. 29th of December, off to see uh, the Everyman Panto. And you know what? You're never too old for a Panto. You're never too old for a Panto. Thank you, Bernice. Enjoy and give Elizabeth our best. Michelle is in Kildurry. Hi, Michelle. Hi, PJ. How are you? Hi. Now, this tradition started as a promise to to who? To my wonderful Nana Breda Andrews, she's from Ring Skiddy. Um, I was the oldest of um, the grandchildren, and back in 2014, um, she was quite sick. Um, she her anniversary has just passed. Actually, she passed on the 13th of December in uh, Marymount. Um, but we, she once Halloween hit that year, she was very concerned about the Christmas puddings because she was the one who made the Christmas puddings. They went near and far. There was many, many bowls of Christmas puddings up on the table. And as a child, I remember being sat up and having to make the wishes into it. And it was a lovely, just a memory, the smell of the kitchen, everything, everything that Christmas But you, you be. wished over the pudding bowl, was it? 100%. We made our wishes every year, all the children and the grandchildren and anyone else who might hop into the kitchen while they were up there. And that year, she was very concerned that the puddings wouldn't get made. And they didn't. That made, that year that made because we were, obviously. Um, of course. It, it, it was it was a tough time for our family but I promised her as the oldest of the grandchildren that I would continue the tradition and I would take it up and I did the following year and there was lots of tears went in as well as the promises the following year but I'm nine years making them now and um, we keep it going and we keep our memories alive because she was a wonderful wonderful woman and we we really miss her especially this time of the year but we have wonderful memories and we hold them in our hearts mm. and she was an incredible woman. She was my nana Brida. She was auntie Brida to everybody. Brida Andrews and Rick and Skiddy. And my wonderful grandfather, Bernie, as well, who has since passed as well. Did she have so, her own recipe? Oh, there was a secret recipe. And I, <laughs> I have that. I have that. And have you, though? Um, I do. I do. And it, well, <laughs> she, she, she told me it was. So I don't know, maybe. maybe. But it, I get plenty of compliments every year. So well, I, every, I know. Every I nana, <laughs> every nana has a secret recipe. So did mine. And try Absolutely. as I might, try as she might, my my wonderful mother has that recipe. But we don't know. Did me nana leave a page out? Well, you see, this is it. But you know what? I take the compliments every year. And uh, I take the compliments. I don't know. Maybe they just come off in me. But your luck. We keep it going anyway for her. And we remember her this year. Well, remember, year, her, rem- remember her with joy and love when you're all off Absolutely. to the Everyman on the 29th. Oh, PJ, that's brilliant. Thanks all so right. much. And, Isaac, and to Thanks Isaac's before that, yeah? Fabulous. Gorgeous. Right. Thank you very much. Wonderful, and happy Christmas wonderful. to everyone. And happy Christmas to everyone. The Hennessy's in Kildurry. That's a lovely, lovely tradition. She took over them. Do you ever know that? When they pass on the pudding recipe, right? And the Christmas cake recipe. My mother still has them. My nana used to write them out on, on telephone notepads. You know, the telephone message pads that they had back in those days. And we st- she still has it. But we're fully convinced she left something out and she was writing it down that only was in her head. Because even though they're brilliant, when my mother does them, they're, they're, they're not the same. They're not Nana's pudding, like. You'll never replace Nana's pudding or Nana's Christmas cake. And there's tradition. We have pages of them. Last quick one on Dennis and Jane. PJ, I'm enjoying all the drama. Lovely story. Uh, only thing is I'm afraid of is what if Dennis is... Oh, God, no. Don't say that. Wash out your mouth with soap and water. What if Dennis is married? I hope not. He's disgraced now if he is. <laughs> and hopefully not. And hopefully they get to go to a lovely meal together on their first date. And let us know how it went, says Catherine. Here's hoping. We'll see if we can't get Dennis and Jane together 
if we can't find Dennis and reintroduce him to Jane. And on vouchers, came up earlier on, Phyllis says Casey's Furniture honoured gift vouchers eight years after they were bought. That's great customer service. It is. It sure is. I think that's about the size of it for today. We'll be back with more Everyman tickets and more nights out for you tomorrow night and plenty more besides program edited by Imro Hay produced and researched today by Richard Vickery we'll put your podcasts up loads of them today uh, as soon as possible and we shall talk to you again tomorrow just after nine we're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM happy holidays with your local mace savings with a smile all through the Christmas season